My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's WNR 198 Part 1, it's WWE NXT UK. But before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. And did those feet, in ancient time, walk upon England's mountains green? And was the only holy lamb of God on England's pleasant pastures seen? And did the Canounters divine shine forth upon our clouded hills... And was Jerusalem builded there among those dark satanic mills? Bring me my bow of burning gold. Bring me my arrows of desire. Bring me my bows unfold. Bring me my chariots of fire. I will not cease from metal fight, nor shall my sword sleep in my hand. Till we have built Jerusalem in England's green and pleasant land. So you get this phrase, but you don't get the one I've done from Fast and Furious 7. <laughs> I get Jerusalem, yeah. That's an English song, isn't it? Oh, well. Well, this is the start of a huge weekend for the WNR podcast. And live for NXT TakeOver Blackpool. Yeah, we will bring you 90 minutes of build-up to the first ever NXT UK TakeOver. And Sunday, we'll bring you the Royal Rumble 1999. And what an event that is. But now this episode, we've had the alternate intro. Dan, what is the intro? Ever since we started this podcast, the British wrestling scene has flourished. Now as 2019 begins, there is more UK content than ever. And for the first time ever, NA gets its own takeover event. So on this episode, we'll bring you up to date with NXT UK with 10 episodes. Well, so let's get started. Episode 13, and it's the 5th of December 2018, and it's in memory of the Dynamite Kid. The Coffees and Wolfgang open the show. Joe takes the mic and says they've been called ruthless and devious and even underhanded. And they are right. NXT UK belongs to them because this is their kingdom. They are gallus and they mention British strong style and they know they are afraid. There are no big strong boys anymore. There is only Gallus and they run NXT 
UK. Travis Banks arrives and Joe says they put him on the shelf. Joe challenges him right now. Bank rushes the ring and gets swarmed right away. Mustache Mountain make the save and clear the ring. Jordan Devlin says Pete Dunne is afraid of him. After their match, he had him shook. He's the Irish ace and tonight he faces the Joker in Flash Morgan Webster. And our first match is Mark Andrews versus Fabian Eichner. Now we've recognised Eichner before. He has been on NXT. And Mark Andrews, well, we know all about the Welsh Wizards, and he has started strong in this match. Beautiful suicide dive to the outside. Well, and a pop-up tilt-a-well backbreaker from Andrews. Oh, that was very impressive there by Eitner. Catching Andrews, who started this match strong, puts him back into the cover, but Andrews managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Now, you're a big fan of Andrews, aren't you? A huge fan of his uh, incredible high-flying. I don't know whether he'd be better in 205 Live or NXT UK. I don't know, you know, it's, it's a difficult one. I think he definitely played a kind of baby face that we all know and love here in NXT UK, but will he get the opportunities? I think, like, on 205 Live, he's as good as maybe anything they've got, but maybe definitely in the top kind of 10, 15% of NXT uh, 205 Live well, roster, you know? Definitely better than that current fucking Mong that they've got as champion on 205 Live. Well, no, he's not. He's not better than Buddy Murphy, and he's probably not at the Cedric Alexander, maybe even the Mustafa Ali level. But even then, I think Mandrews versus Ali would be a great match. You see, Mandrews is here now. Of course, he's Welsh. So it does make sense he'd want an opportunity down the line at the NXT UK title. It's the grandest prize, wrestlers. Is and I- some non-British wrestlers who have gone for the title. Well, uh, that Eichner is Italian-born. He gets caught with a kick there by Mandrews. There's a chance for all the European wrestlers, maybe, without a chance to come down here. Like you said, Eichner's from NXT. And we've seen others involved. Noam Dahl has been a part of the 205 Live roster. And Andrews there rolling through, foot stomp. And then a senton goes for the cover, but Eichner gets shoulder up at two. Two. That was more than a senton. It was a... Uh... A corkscrew moonsault, standing moonsault. Oh, man, he's so impressive. He could do three or four moves so quickly. He's quick as a hiccup, as they say. Puts the boot up to Eitner. <laughs> but again, Eitner catches him. Mandrew's looking for a kind of, kind of a tornado DDT, but Eitner powers through. Oh. Flips Andrews up, who catches him with a hurricane runner. Goes for the cover, but only getting a two count. Two. And that was lovely from the two men there. A suplex up and manager's showing <laughs> what he can do. Flips around, lands on this guy's shoulders. Now manager's holding his back. Oh my god, manager's with a six on nine on Eichner. I just put the wind up, yeah. And look at manager's coming in, trying to hurricane on him. Eichner catches him, wheelbarrow, turns it into a German suplex. And Eichner's definitely bringing it here tonight. Manager's in a bit of trouble. And else might be all over. Eichner's looking for a powerbomb. Oh, Mandrews is managing to roll them up, only gets a two. Two. Follows out of a big slap across the chest and a couple of chops. Ducks anything Eichner has to offer and the speed of Mandrews. Well, it's speed versus power in this one and Eichner losing at the moment, pushes Mandrews away. Andrews slides across the ring, goes for the knee, gets dodged. Oh, but Eichner turns Mandrews inside out of a clothesline. Turns it up and Mandrews hits the stunner. <laughs> Well, that's brilliant there by Mark Andrews. Suplex into a stunner. Well, stunner out of nowhere. And now Mandrews looking to go up. He loves using a shooting star press, but Eichner probably scouted his opponent in the past. Gets kicked off by Mandrews. Oh, looking to deliver another stunner, but gets caught with a brain buster to... Oh! But Mandrews managing to kick out. Ah. 
Man, that was right at the last second. Eitner cannot believe it. How close he came away there. Oh, I think Mandrews was looking for an eclipse there. Well, it, it's so just innovative. I can't say the fuck. I can't say the American Innovative. Way. I mean, Andrews just great. He can pull it out of anywhere, basically, with his moves. And that Eitner now wondering what he's going to do. Might have to take it up a level. And here comes Eitner springboarding in across. Oh. Oh, so move. Moonsault across. And I think uh, Jim Ross called it. He's like, boing, fring, hit. <laughs> Well, Eichner misses. Andrews off the second rope there. Gets caught by Eichner, but manages to turn it into a tornado DDT. Plants him. Oh, goes for the cover, but Eichner managing to kick out. Oh, and I've been really impressed by Eichner here. He means business. He showed his toughness getting a shoulder up there. And now Andrews might be putting him in position. But at the moment, at the moment, he must be at least halfway across the ring. At least three quarters away across the ring. Can Andrews hit him from there? Surely not. Don't call me Shirley, but he's going to attempt it anyway. Can't do any worse than Brock Lesnar. Well, here comes Andrews. Oh, Eichner moves. His, moves. But Andrews lands on his feet. I don't think that's going to stop the Welsh wizard. Well, Eichner rolls the outside and brings down Andrews. Sends him into the still stairs. And now putting Andrews' head against the stairs. And Eichner's going to come running in. Oh. oh. Knee to the head of Andrews who had the back of his head against the steel steps, and now he's ushering the referee to count Andrews out. Oh, this is clever, right? Now, going to get the count out victory as good as anything else. I don't think Andrews can go up. Second time his head went into those stairs. Seven, eight, nine, and Andrews just in the nick of time, manages to get into the ring. But Eichner has had long enough to recover. Set out power bomb by Eitner. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. Oh my God. Eitner beats Mandrews. Bit of a surprise result there, Dan. Well, it certainly was a display of dominance and power from Eitner. And this time it overcomes speed and finesse. Yeah, I mean, this was a good backstroke for the show. With I like how Eitner was there for competition and then quickly said, fuck it, I'm here to win and we'll do whatever I need in order to do so. And I really like the closing sequence. Mandrew showing his kind of power, to oh, showing his heart and determination to get in the ring full of count out, but obviously putting himself in harm's way for Eitner to get the win. So Eitner looks very, very impressive. Indeed, yes. And uh, Johnny Saint announces that Sid Scala is his new assistant. Rhea Ripley arrives and says they should be talking about her. She wants competition and is not impressed by Saint or Scala. Well, Isladore versus Nina Samuels is our next match. They lock up and quickly break. Dawn now grounds the action, but Samuels powers out, but Dawn trips her up and works a side headlock. Samuels escapes, lays the boots to her, and then grounds things. Samuels slams her to the buckles and follows with a backbreaker for two. Two. Samuels then misses a charge. Well, Dawn lights her up with strikes and kicks and then backdrop driver. The knee striker suplex and to a float over finishes it. It is the Dawn defeated Nina Samuels at three minutes and 30. Well, from an execution standpoint, this was okay. But there was no life to this, and the finish felt extremely flat. We get a video package of Tony Storm saying Ray Ripley may be the first champion, but she'll be the best when she returns. Eddie Dennis versus Tucker is our next match. Yeah, so we're going to see Eddie Dennis in action. He's been putting people away quietly on NXT UK. It's the first time we're watching him 
on a WNR podcast. We've seen him before beating people like Sid Scala. Dennis in action here against Tucker. And Eddie Dennis has beaten a lot of people leading up to this. And he seems to be one of the big men in NXT. But another big man in NXT, Dave Mastiff, has been keeping a close eye on Eddie Dennis recently. Tucker gets sent into the turnbuckles. Of course, Tucker was in the uh, UK tournament, but Dennis trying to put him away. Tucker lands on his feet low, drops Dennis. Not for long. Oh, he gets planted by a huge backbreaker. Goes for the cover, but Tucker, to his credit, managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Now Eddie Dennis got the cravat in on Tucker. And he's a uh, kind of weird-looking dude, is Eddie Dennis. Even his outfit's a bit weird, covered in tattoos. He's got a bit of height in him to everybody else, probably on the NXT UK roster, but not the kind of biggest-built guy. Not really impressed by Eddie Dennis. Yeah, I mean, we've only seen a little bit of him, and it's been mostly squashes. So you got to think they build him up to be a monster here. Because he's got Tucker still, but Tucker managed to roll out from it. I know that, but, like, you know, it's... I don't know, it just seem, he just seems really uncoordinated with... Well, Tucker there with a nice back knee taking down Dennis. And Eddie Dennis has had a slow, methodical pace in this one. Can Tucker bring it back? And close on in the corner now by Tucker. Can he use that bottom rope to come jumping in, but Dennis catches him, just spins him down. Sign taking Tucker out, and this might be the end now. Dennis picks him up on his shoulders, and the seven bridge into the turnbuckle... The next stop driver and the pinfall victory. Dennis runs through the competition here. And is he going to be looking at Pete Dunne maybe down the road for the NXT UK title? I mean, it's going to be interesting what they do with Eddie Dennis. So we wonder what's next for Eddie Dennis. Well, I mean, you're not impressed though, are you? I am not impressed, no. And do you know me? I, I, I normally keep my feelings to my feelings of hatred to wrestlers, you know, to myself. I keep them bottled up. Mm-hmm. But... You know, on this instant, I can't, and I'm going to say no, not a fan of Eddie Dennis. Well, Dennis wins another and keeps his streak alive and another fine squash. I'm really curious to see what he can do against some real competition, though. Yes, and Travis Banks faces Wolfgang on the next episode. And Jordan Devlin versus Flash Morgan Webster is our main event. Well, Devlin takes control right away and they work into counters and Webster keeps countering and frustrating Devlin. Webster now grounds things. Looking to work the arm, Devlin avoids the charge and hits a backstabber, covering for two. Two. He then lays the boots to Webster, talks shit, and slaps him around. Well, the Urinagi and the standing moonsault follow, and Devlin count covers for two. Two. Devlin follows with a backbreaker, and he ma- uh, and that gets two. Two. Webster looks to fire up, but runs into a lariat. Devlin grounds things, working a seated abdominal stretch, made famous by Wilbur Schneider. Webster escapes, fights to his feet, but Devlin drops him with an elbow. Devlin dumps Webster to the floor and continues to work over the back of Webster. Back in the ring, Webster keeps fighting. Devlin slaps him around and then rakes the eyes. Devlin lays in chops and starts working the back again. He keeps berating Webster, but Webster fires back with running with a running knee strike. Webster is slow due to his back, but fires up enough to but fires up enough to hit some drop kicks. The Enziguri follows. Webster takes him up top and hits the Rana and covers for two. Two. Devlin fights back, lays in strikes and gets a running boot in the corner. The overhead belly to belly gets another two. Two. Webster hits the desperation headbutt and Devlin spills to the floor. Webster follows up and hits the rude boy block off the steps. Back in and Webster heads up top but the senton eats knees and Devlin finally finishes things with... Island's call. 
Jordan Devlin defeated Flash Morgan Webster at 12 minutes 10. Dad, what do you think of the match? Dad. Dan, what did you think of the match? Well, it was a good match with Webster playing a really good and resilient baby face while Devlin came across as a remorseless arsehole. The work was sound played into the finish, but it just never hit that high gear. So we move on to our next episode, episode 14, which is again was the 5th of December. And our first match was Joseph Connors versus Dan Maloney. They lock up and work to the ropes. Maloney hits a hip toss and they trade strikes. The backdrop follows. Connors quickly fires back and stomps Maloney to the mat. He chokes him out in the corner and then pummels Maloney on the floor. Back in and Connors hits a clothesline and grounds things. Maloney tries to fire up to his feet but Connors lays in the elbow strikes. Maloney hits a clothesline, rights and the spine buster to get two. Two. Connors. Connors sunset bombs Maloney to the buckles and hits Don't Look Down for the win. Yeah, Joseph Connors defeated Dan Maloney. I mean, this was okay, but both guys are bland and boring, and pairing them together was a somewhat of a poor choice. Yes, Isla Dawn wants a shot at Ripley, but Ripley already has an opponent set for tonight. Earlier today, Gallus and Mustache Mountain have an altercation outside the building. Yes, and our second match is Dave Mastiff versus Wild Boar. Yeah, they trace strikes right away and Mastiff then mows him down. He rains down elbows. Ball battles back and trips Mastiff into the buckles and follows up with a senton attack. Ball looks to ground for strikes, but Mastiff powers out and lays in strikes with big headbutt. The big boy senton follows and Ball fires back with a shoulder tackle with a corner spear. Mastiff cuts him off, hits John Woo and kills him in the corner. Bomber for the win. Dave Mastiff defeated Wild Ball in 4 minutes and 20. Dan, what do you think of the match? Well, this is okay. I love the big lad Dave Mastiff killing fools in hoss fights. Well, Mastiff comments backstage on his win as Eddie Dennis, who we saw last week's background. Mm-hmm. Our next match is Tyson T-Bone versus Liguero. Well, Liguero works some hit and run to begin. T-Bone looks to back him off, but Liguero fires back with kicks. He picks up the pace, hits an insiguri, but T-Bone knocks him to the floor. T-Bone follows. And works over Liguero with body shots. Back in and Liguero fires back with elbows. But T-Bone cuts him off with a fall away slam for two. Two. He then grounds for face. Liguero fights back with kicks and then strikes and chops. He dropkick connects and hits sliced bread for two. Two. Liguero heads up top and has to roll through. And a sent on allowing T-Bone to hit an exploder. T-Bone follows with corner attacks. And after an awkward delay, covers for two. Legero avoids the charge. T-Bone posts himself and Legero hits a cannonball to the floor. Back in and Legero hits a springboard splash for the win. And of course, Legero defeated Tyson T-Bone at 6.40 via pinfall. This was a bit better than previous matches, but had some odd starts and stops that really hurt the overall flow. And the finish came off as really flat. Up next, the NXT UK Women's Champion Ray Ripley versus Candy Floss. Sorry, did you say Candy Floss? I did say Candy Floss. I wonder how long it would take you to get that. Yeah. Well, they shake hands and lock up. They work to the ropes and Ripley breaks clean. Ripley grounds the action and starts out wrestling Floss. Of course, if she was American, it would be Cotton Candy. Well, Floss counters out, hits a drop kick and wrist. Ripley fires back with a drop kick and covers for two. Two. She then follows with knee strikes, slams Floss to the buckles and hits Riptide for the victory. Yeah, so the women's champion Ray Ripley defeated Candy Floss at 2 minutes 48. I mean, this was a fine little exhibition for Ripley, playing the overconfident champion, giving an unknown a shot, but having to put the, a, bit mu- a bit more effort than anticipated. Well, post-match, Ripley helps Floss up and then kicks her ass. <laughs> 
Flash Morgan Webster is interviewed and confronts Fabian Eichner for what he did to Andrews in the last episode. Eichner challenges him to a match for next week. Sid Scala announces that next week Trent Seven faces Joe Coffey and he also announces an update on the NXT UK tag titles will be made. So our main event though is the returning Travis Banks going against uh, Wolfgang of Gallus and he is not alone as he come out here of course with Joe and Mark Coffey looking over at Travis Banks and Travis Banks of course got to the final of the second UK tournament came so close to defeating Zach Gibson, but unfortunately just not enough, and he's been dealing with uh, a lot of injuries recently, but he's back here tonight, a guy from New Zealand. But are the numbers too much for him down here? I have a good feeling that he's going to get distracted by the help at ringside, but you never know, Banks might have some friends in the back that he could call upon if needed. Well, we've seen Gallus' problems with Mustache Mountain uh, in the past. We saw the attack earlier today, so you wonder... Maybe they'll be uh, looking to help Travis Banks, who starts off with a huge forearm to Wolfgang. And Wolfgang was my pick in a UK tournament, but not the man that we see right before you here. I mean, the kind of fun-loving guy that we knew, the high flyers, turned to a very aggressive man with thanks to the Coffee Brothers here as part of Gallus. And um, I'm very impressed by Travis Banks, showing a lot of fire. But Wolfgang cuts him off low. Throws him shoulder first into the corner. You can tell that shoulder's... Uh... Previously injured because he's had, he's got tape on it at the moment. Well, Banks has just returned from that injury, and Wolfgang is going to make him pay. And Wolfgang and the Coffee Brothers we talk about big guys, you know, talk about Eddie Dennis or Dave Mastiff. These are the three of the bigger guys on NXT. And a distraction paying dividends for Wolfgang already. Not that well, uh, it's there anyway. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? They're, they're so the Coffee Brothers are so big. Just looking on at Travis Banks. And it does distract him. Wolfgang throws it back in the ring, goes for the cover, but Banks managing to get up at two. Two. And now Wolfgang looking to slowly pick apart Banks. Is there anything Travis can do to get victory in this match? I mean, you know, the odds certainly aren't in his favour. If he wants to pick up a victory here, he's going to have to kind of pull it out of, uh, just try and get maybe a quick roll up or something like this. I mean, submission, you're not going to get the job done. And maybe even if you hit your finish, it's going to give the Coffee Brothers a chance to get in the ring, you know. They've worked really well, all from Scotland, of course. Gallus have, have you know, really brought it. We've seen the kind of formation of them and kind of leading the charge now. You know, you talk about Mustache Mountain and Pete Dunne, you know, three well-known guys. And Travis Banks as well, trying to, you know, he's not even part, talk about the UK scene, but, you know, being a New Zealander coming from that, he wants to represent as well and show what the rest of the world can do. I think Drew McIntyre would suit this group. As it, well, you know, McIntyre maybe could be the leader if they, they came in to, to Raw. But I don't no, I mean, think, if he went down to NXT. No, that's not going to work, is it? I don't think Wolfgang has got to look for a kind of real uh, main roster type guy. But, you know, I might be wrong. I think Joe and Mark have kind of definitely got to look. It would work as a tag team supporting McIntyre. But this is about Travis Banks, who's just taking Wolfgang out on the outside. Throws him back in. Uses that second rope to come down. Double foot stop to the back. Only getting a two count, though. Two. And is Wolfgang looking silly in front of his uh, Gallus counterparts? Well, the thing is, is that the Coffee Brothers are, you know, that's blood. And blood is thicker than water. So if there's going to be a weak link to Gallus, then they're definitely going to be looking at Wolfgang. As I say that, and now Mark's on the apron. Distraction proved dividends, though, as Wolfgang comes in with a big boat. You know, there's no doubt Wolfgang is a talented man. You know, former ICW champion. He hit the spear on Banks. This could be it. Two. Two. Oh. No. 
Right, Banks managing to kick out. Uh, Travis showing a lot of heart here. And now throws Banks in the corner. <laughs> oh, and that is impressive by Travis on the second turnbuckle. Spins around with a kick. But as soon as he does that, the Coffee Brothers are on the apron. But oh, wait a minute. Well, big strong boys are here. Well, the Mustache Mountain have arrived. Bait in seven. Taking out the coffees and Travis Banks comes through a suicide dive. Taking out both. Now this should even the numbers. But as Travis Banks comes back into the ring, he gets caught with a forearm. The Wolfgang goes for the suplex, but seven grabbed the legs of Wolfgang. Banks in the cover. Three. <laughs> and an assistance there from uh, Mustache Mountain. <laughs> well, Helps Banks get the victory. Yeah, better say, Gallus got outsmarted there. But Travis Banks has beaten Wolfgang. It upset victory, most definitely, when you consider it started off three and one. But fair play to Travis Banks and Mustache Mountain. Dan, what do you think of the match? I thought it was a very good entertaining match. You know, it, it is good to see the bad guys get their comeuppance yeah. once in a while. You know, it is a bit of a feel-good factor. But, you know, it's only going to infuriate the Coffees and uh, Wolfgang even more. Yeah, and that's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, down the road with Gallus and, like you said, Travis Banks, Mustache Mountain, um, where Pete Dunn goes for me as well. I'm not sure he's been watching a lot of action recently, considering, you know, Dave Mastiff or even uh, Eddie Dennis. So it's interesting times at the moment for NXT UK. So we move on to episode 15, which was the 12th of December 2018. We open with a video that they will be crowning NXT Tag Team Champions. And our first match is Flash Morgan Webster versus Fabian Eichner. This was set up last week when Eichner beat Mark Andrews. Flash wants no part of the handshake, which angers Eichner. They trade strikes. Webster hits some arm drags and dumps him to the floor. He follows, but Eichner slams him into the steps. Andrews is out to rally Webster on. Back in, and Eichner pummels him in the corner with ease. Eichner now pummels him on the apron with vicious strikes. Well, he grounds the action. Webster fires back, but Eichner quickly cuts him off and covers for two. Two. The belly-to-back suplex connects and Eichner covers for another two. Two. Webster fights to his feet, avoids the knee charge, and Eichner spills to the floor. Back in and Webster connects with drop kicks and a knee strike for two. Two. Webster fires up, and then a rude boy block for two. Two. Eichner cuts him off, stuns him off the ropes and hits a uh, vicious lariat for a good near fall. Webster up top gets cut off, brain bust by Eichner, but Webster digs deep and manages to kick out. Oh. Headbutt by Webster as Eichner talks shit. Hits another and heads up top. Eichner rolls away to the floor. Webster follows. Eichner drags him to the floor and slams him into barricade. He sets him again against the steps, but Andrews backs him off. Back in, and Webster counters the powerbomb into a jackknife pin and wins. Well, Flash Morgan, Webster defeating Fabian Eichner at six minutes. 50. Dan, what do you think of the match? It was a good match, but wasn't really a fan of Eichner losing already, even if it was via banana peel finish. It felt like there was more to do with him first. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, Amir Jordan says he and Kenny Williams will be becoming the NXT Tag Team Champions. Williams arrives and says there's time for dancing and time to be serious. And now it's... Well, Gallus meets backstage with Joe talking about Trent Seven tonight, while Wolfgang and Mark promise to focus on the tag titles. Our next match is Isla Dawn versus Killer Kelly. They trade kicks right away. Dawn takes her down and works into a step-over-toe hold. 
Kelly fires back and suplexes her to the buckles and follows with a drop kick for two. Two. Kelly is favouring her knee, works a cravat, but Dawn attacks her knee and escapes with leg kicks. Dawn follows with strikes, leg kicks and a sato suplex. The running knee strike and a float over suplex finishes it. Well, Isla Dawn defeated Killer Kelly at 3 minutes 20 via pinfall. Yeah, the match was okay as they build up to Dawn to challenge Ripley. I'm just not all that into Dawn. She's okay, but doesn't do anything really well. It doesn't in any way feel like a threat. She's nothing but challenger of the month. Well, Dawn gets the post-match interview. She says she's focused on the title shot. Ripley arrives, and Dawn says Ripley may be confident she should defend against her. Dawn vows to win the championship. Dave Masters interviews, and he wants a shot at the gold. Eddie Dennis arrives and calls himself the undefeated monster of NXT UK. Masters says they will settle this in the ring and when he finishes Dennis, he'll be the one-need undefeated monster of NXT UK. We wondered what they were going to do about it, so I guess we're going to see that next week. Eddie Dennis versus Dave Mastiff. Indeed, yes. And uh, another match, and it is Zach Gibson and James Drake versus Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams. Yeah, the winners get into the tag team title tournament. Jordan and Drake to begin. They lock up and Jordan hits arm drags and grounds things. The run across body follows and he covers for two. Two. Williams tags in and double team follow. Williams controls ground in the action. Jordan tags back in and they clear the ring and follow with suicide dives. Well, back in and Jordan hits a high cross for two. Two. Gibson distracts Jordan, allowing Drake to jump Jordan and tag Gibson in. He works over Jordan on the floor and back in starts pummeling Jordan with uppercuts. He grounds things. Jordan fights back. <coughs> Jordan fights back. But Drake cuts him, cuts off the tag. Jordan fights him and then makes the tag. Well, Williams in and runs wild. PK on Drake and then gets two. Two. Drake cuts him off. Jordan tags back in and hits an SCO for two. Two. Gibson cuts him off in screw by Drake and they jump door Jordan. Williams is left alone, fights them both off, but the double team ticket to ride finishes it. Zach Gibson and James Drake defeat Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams at 7 minutes and 5 seconds via pinfall. I mean, this was a good tag team match here with the babyface playing the roles well and Gibson and Drake picking up another strong win. Trent Seven, prefer- <coughs> Trent Seven prepares for his main event match as he and Bates still plan to win the tag team titles. So we move on to our main event, which is Joe Coffey versus Trent Seven. And Seven means business. Probably one of the most underrated guys in NXT, isn't he? You know, UK scene. With, uh, obviously, we know how great Tyler Bate is, but I'm really a fan of Trent Seven. Dan, you picked him, didn't you, for the uh, UK title tournament, so obviously you're a fan. I did indeed, yes. Uh, I'm a very good fan of... Oh, I'm a very big fan of Trent Seven and, obviously, the first ever UK champion, Tyler Bate. Yeah, and I've been impressed with the, the, the Coffee Brothers, you know. I've seen them in NXT UK, and they've definitely got a look about them, you know. They are well put together and Joe seems to kind of be the leader of Gallus. I don't know if that's fair to say. Maybe that caused some tension but that's what I feel at the moment. They're focused on Trent Seven, maybe the weak link but size-wise he matches up quite well to Joe Kofi, doesn't he really? He does indeed, yes. But, you know, in tag team matches he is kind of deemed as the weaker of the two of Mustache Mountain. Well, basically it was his fault that they lost the NXT titles last year due to, you know, the knee injury and having to Basically, give up, you know, throw in the towel, Tyler Bate, uh, for Trent Seven. And, and, and Seven here kind of been looking at the show tonight if he can get a victory over Joe Coffey and he can prove that not only in the tag team division, but also in singles, div- you know, in competition, maybe he's a man that could challenge Pete Dunn down the road. <clears throat> yeah, indeed, no doubt about it. But, you know, does that say more for the friendship that Tyler Bate was more worried about his friend, throw- you know, by throwing in the towel than. 
keeping hold of the tag team titles. Yeah, well, maybe t- Tyler Bate thinks that that Trent Seven can't take the punishment or he's just worried about him. You know, Tyler Bate is a very young man who's learned a lot of things from Trent Seven. And Seven, like I said, is a great athlete. And it's been a great start to this match as well. Started off with some uh, mat wrestling between the two. And Seven and Coffee showing what they can do strike-wise. But, oh bit of trouble there by Seven. Well, a suplex attempt. Seven manages to escape it. Lands on his feet. But that left knee took a bit of a twang there. And well, that's going to have a bullseye on it for Joe. You, know, you spoke about the left knee. And, I mean, that's why they lost the tag team titles. That knee hasn't been right. Got absolutely destroyed by the Undisputed Era. And as soon as that suplex was reversed, Coffee notices it. And even though he got caught with a knee, it still hurt. Well, Trent Seven now with a faked right turns it into a DDT. I always like, you know, Trent Seven. As I, say, I like the more huskier of wrestlers, as it was. It always gives me a little bit of hope. And there you go. Goes to the outside. And Tyler Bate is going to fend off Wolfgang and Mark Coffey. Oh, my God. And Joe Coffey there off the apron. Straight up to Trent Seven. He kind of was distracted by what was going on with the referee trying to stop things. Well, Joe throws Trent Seven back into the ring, comes after him, but Trent throws him out one side, then low bridges him on the opposite side of the ring. But Joe does catch himself for the apron, but gets caught with a chop from Trent Seven. And this gives Trent Seven a little bit of time just to recover in the ring. He falls down, and the knee's not great at the moment. Seven back to his feet, and the crowd getting into it. All members of Gallus are up on the ring apron there, trying to taunt Trent Seven but Tyler Bate <laughs> joins his partner and says come on in if you want some yeah I mean Bate won't back down even though it's three on two at the moment referee's a little bit lost the control of this one and Seven and Bate take Gallus down and what's Tyler doing well Tyler looks set to go flying oh takes my down God. Wolfgang and, and all fight. hell has broken loose yeah, he's fighting Wolfgang up Mark Coffee. So now is this going to turn into a kind of singles match? Joe's distracted by what's going on. Well, Trent Seven comes flying through the ring ropes, takes down Joe, but has he injured that knee even more? Well, he's got all his weight, though, behind that. Right on unsuspecting Joe, throws him in. Might try and take, might try and take advantage of it right now. But that was Joe Coffey there, just out with a kind of uh, leg tackle. Wailing away on Trent's leg. There's not a lot Trent could do at the moment now. Uh-oh, and now Trent Seven's in serious trouble. And that leg getting twisted round that second rope. Seven's trying his best to fight out of it, but Joe Coffey's just relentless. Look at the pressure applied on the knee. Right at the turnbuckle by Joe. And he's yet to taste defeat here in NXT UK. As he goes to run in now. Shoulder tackle to the knee as Trent was trying to pull his leg out from... Around the second rope. Well, the referee might have to look at things here now because even though it's all legal what he's doing, Trent Seven's going to be in serious trouble. And, you know, talk about the NXT tag team division starting off. And if Trent Seven can't make that, oh! It's coming, charging in towards the knee. Seven managed to escape in time. Joe hits nothing but ring post. And what an impact that was. I think the ring moved a little bit. Trent Seven comes in with the chops again. And he throws everything into his chops. Now he's got Joe placed on a top turnbuckle. Very precarious position for him. Well, with a bad leg, this is maybe not the best place to go. But he has got Joe and he's going all the way up to the top. Superplex time. Huge impact into the cover. One, 
two. Oh, but Joe managing to kick out. Ah, and Joe Coffee there showing his toughness coming all the way down. That big man. Crowd trying to get Trent Seven back into this. He certainly is a fan favourite. And now Trent Seven having to use the ropes to get up, but you think all the damage that he's taken. Joe Coffey's not in the kind of best condition, even though he's back to his feet. And Trent's just trying to shake some life back into his knee. Comes <laughs> hobbling over and delivers another thunderous chop. That's got to be one of my favourite moves, the chop. A ripcord clothesline. It gets caught by Joe with a go-behind, escapes that and delivers like a back suplex. Beautiful. Seven manager to pick Coffey up. Slams him down to... Fr- oh! Well, Trent Seven thought he had it, but Joe Coffey somehow managing to kick out. Uh. Now Seven's got to be thinking, what's got, what have I got to do to put him away? And this is awesome chart, and it's all right. It's just because the British crowd's so good, isn't it? I mean, they always add to the match rather than take away. And now Trent Seven's going to work on the leg of Joe Coffey. Woo! Figure four locked in. And Trent Seven now is going to put Joe Coffey in all sorts of pain. The only problem for this, if Joe's managing to turn it, he's going to put Trent Seven's leg under pressure. But at this moment, it is expertly applied. That is a beautiful application of the figure four. Uh-oh. But Joe managing to turn. And now that bad leg, but Trent managing to turn it. Uh, Trent manages to roll through. Both men are in the ropes. And in the wrong part of town now. Uh-oh. On the apron, the hardest part of the ring. And the hardest part of the match now. And... Trent Seven going down low. Uh, he's blocking his uh, left knee, though. Quite wise from Trent. All goes for another chop, but Joe catches him. Oh, wow. Belly to belly overhead <laughs> suplex, and they don't hit the edge of the ring apron. They go down to the wafer-thin mats below. I mean, how thin are those mats, there? Well, they're just mere millimetres thick over pure concrete. So that's the full impact that Trent Seven had coming down. And Trent Seven, don't forget about the knee. He may be out now. Can Trent get in before the 10 count? Well, referee's up to nine now, and Trent hasn't budged yet. Oh, he left that to the last second. (laughs) Only just in in time. And Trent Seven with that never-say-die attitude. Do you know what? I have laughed and smiled more watching this than I have done... Watching some WWE stuff in a while. Yeah. It's, it's been good so far. And Joe now is just attacking Trent Seven. Seven trying to fight it. It's when he took that breath at nine and then went out and then back in. But much like Mark Andrews would have come back to haunt him as Joe Coffey. Look could put Seven away. But Seven getting back to his feet. Coffey with the straight to that left knee. And Joe's looked impressive and he picked up. Oh my God. Seven. Not once with a power bomb. But twice, all his body weight onto the shoulders of Seven, but he still manages to kick out uh-huh. and then turns it into a Walls of Jericho. Well, we're not allowed to say that no more because he's not in WWE. A Boston Crab, as he had it in. Like he said, didn't let go of Trent Seven after that pin. Now Seven trying to crawl, but he pushes Seven back, grabbing the one leg. Single leg Boston now. Or would it be a single leg Blackpool Crab? Oh, oh my god and now he goes on to the injured left leg of Trent Seven well Seven don't just think about this match think about your career nearly no decided not to 
He is close to that bottom rope, but you've got to think the long-term damage. And Trent manages to get that bottom rope and the break. Thought that was no chance for that to happen, but somehow Seven gets that bottom rope. And now Joe Coffey back to his feet. Staring at Trent Seven is kind of like, maybe underestimated you a little bit. Double clothesline, but I think Joe got the best of that. I think Trent just collapsed under his uh, injured leg. And <laughs> now again, trying to clothesline, but not having the effect it did five or ten minutes ago. Forearm shot. Discus Lariat attempt, but Seven blocks it. Trying to go for that suplex he hit earlier. Can he do it again? He manages it. Folds up Coffee. And now Seven, it can't. He can't pick up Joe. No, uh, leg. Leg game buckles out. Buckles underneath him. He did try and dead weight or dead lift German suplex. And comes in with like a spear ram attempt. Discus clothesline. One, two, three. three. Joe Coffey put away Trent Seven there in a fine contest between the two. I mean, I really liked that match. Not only did I like uh, Joe Coffey getting the victory... Even though, you know, as a heel, you know, he had the numbers there. They were taken away and he proved one-on-one that he could get the job done, which is always good as a kind of heel. And with Trent Seven showing his kind of heart and determination of even though he was down, still trying to get the victory, you know, I think it was ever so close. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely agree with you. You know, uh, Trent, despite, you know, everything, his injury, he still managed to fight through and, you know, put everything into it until the bitter end. And Trent Seven very nearly had it as he gets him up for the rack, but it's just that injured leg. Yeah, I mean, this was a very good, smartly laid out main event. Senate Form will say it again. Trent Seven gets overlooked in the trio of British Long Style, and unfairly so. He's an absolutely great baby face here and made Coffee look like a ruthless arsehole, and that's what Coffee looks like right now, staring over Trent Seven. But he only just beat an injured Trent Seven, so how would he compete against. A, f- a fully fit Trent. You don't forget he only got injured during the match, really. I mean, I know he's not 100%, but that knee got injured on the, the suplex channel reversal for Goff- uh, from Joe Coffey. So it was Coffey that kind of caused it and eventually, you know, did put him away. So I think Joe looks good there. But we move on to our next episode. So we move on to episode 16, which is the 12th of December 2018. Yes, and our first match is Mark Coffey and Wolfgang Versus Ashton Smith and Ligero. No, Ligero and Wolfgang to begin. Ligero picks up the pace right away, hits a drop kick, and Smith tags in and double drop kicks follow. Wolfgang cuts off the tornado DDT and dumps Ligero. Mark tags in and he pummels Ligero and works quick as tags as Wolfgang now grounds Ligero. Mark tags in and keeps Ligero down, adds in some knee strikes. Wolfgang tags in and works a bear hug. Well, Mark back in and they slowly work over Ligero with more bear hugs. Ligero makes the comeback, dumps Wolfgang and tags in Smith. He runs wild with strikes, drop kicks and a flying clothesline. He springboards in with a back elbow for two. Two. The super kick follows, but Wolfgang makes the save. Ligero will pay. Mark hits spin kick on Smith and finishes him. Well, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang defeated Ashton Smith and Ligero at 5 minutes 10 via pinfall. I mean, this is okay as Gallus continued to roll along. We revisit Isla Dawn's challenge to Rare Ripley. Johnny Saint and Sid Scala make the match official for next week. We get a promo from Gallus. This is their kingdom and they'll take what they want. Joe Coffey wants to take out Travis Banks and then take the UK title from Pete Dunne. 
We move on to our next match, which is Joseph Connors versus Jack Stars with a Z. Well, they lock up and Connors attacks the ear and hits a backbreaker. He follows with clubbing strikes and then bends him around the post. The basement dropkick follows. Stars fire backs, hits a dropkick and Connors quickly cuts him off. The sunset bomb to the buckles follows. Don't look down, finishes it. And Joseph Connors defeated Jack Stars at 2 minutes 15 via pinfall. I mean, Jesus, even Joseph Connors' squash matches are painfully boring. I've absolutely seen nothing in the guy. And Saxton Huxley and T-Bone are forming a tag team to go after the titles. And up next is Ginny versus here Brookside. They lock up and Brookside takes Ginny down. Ginny quickly counters out, working ahead scissors. Brookside escapes, frustrating Ginny. They lock up and Ginny starts working the arm. Brookside counters out, but Ginny drops her with forearm strikes and fires back with a Rana. And drop kick Brookside now follows with a high crossbody for two. Two. Brookside hits the flat liner to the buckles and covers for two. Two. She lays the boots to Brookside, follows with clubbing strikes and covers for two. Two. She, Ginny now grounds things. Brookside tries to fight to a feet, counters out and hits a jawbreaker. The face buster connects and Brookside follows with a head scissors. Double knees follow, but Jenny kicks out at two. Two. Jenny trips up Brooks, a touch of couture for the win. Oh, Jenny defeated Zia Brookside at five minutes 30. What do you think of the match? This was a nice and solid match. Jenny getting back into the win column. Brookside is going to grow into a really great baby face with more experience. And, of course, she is your pick for the NXT. Uh, she was your pick for the Bay Young Classic as well, wasn't she? The daughter you know? of Robbie Brookside, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Zach Gibson and James Drake arrive, and Gibson says they showed what they could do last week, but it was only the tip of the iceberg. They are soon to be recognised as the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions. We get an Eddie Dennis video package. And now it's Eddie Dennis versus Dave Mastiff. And what a Mastiff main event this will be. Yes, Dave is a Mastiff man. So you've not been impressed by Eddie Dennis, Dan, as you see him in action. Do you think it's a uh, step too far to him to beat Dave Mastiff here tonight, then? I just think Eddie Dennis is a bit too... Yeah. What are your thoughts on Mastiff? We have seen him live before. Do you think he's the real killer of NXT UK? I think he certainly has that potential, but it, again, he's too much of a likeable, nice guy to be a legitimate, badass, tough man frat. I see what he's saying. You know, we, we, he has he can get aggressive. So we'll see if he can bring it. He's not smiling here. As I say that, he, <laughs> he starts, starts smiling. smiling. Yeah. But he does enjoy a fight, does our... Well, he ties up Eddie Dennis, who is at least half of... Well, how many... Three, four feet maybe taller than him? At least six to seven foot taller, yeah. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on Eddie Dennis then? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, he hasn't got the greatest upper body, and I don't like the attire he's wearing. I don't know why he's wearing three quarter length. For it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, but I've looked, we've not really seen him enough. We'll see if he can be impressive here against Dave. If he can get one over on Dave Mastiff, if you have a competitive match against him, then I'll be a fan of Eddie Dennis. I what about Dave Mastiff's outfit then? Uh, Dave Mastiff's all right. Yeah, I mean, we, it says what it, it does. What it says on a tin. He's got a. The he's a normal size for a person. Singlet. <laughs> and it says uh, Mastiff. Look at that, a man his size managing to uh, drop kick there, Eddie Dennis. It's not quite the finesse that Randy Orton delivers in a drop kick. No, not even Bob Holly style, but still, I mean, it is quite impressive. Dave Massif getting a bit of a back of Eddie Dennis, just delivering some thunderous elbows to the jaw. Now, uh, both men just beating each other. 
Dennis with some strikes. Dave Mastiff looks a bit unfazed by them. Delivers a running crossbody. <laughs> well, tell the tape before these two really break down. I mean, uh, they've been playing with each other recently. Eddie Dennis is 32, um, six foot six, 220 pounds from Swansea in Wales, Dan. Dave Mastiff, he's five foot ten, so he's not a short person himself. Weighs three hundred and fifteen pounds, and is of course years old. Oh, don't forget. So then, Eddie Dennis got eight inches on Dave Mastiff, much like me and you, Dan. You know, so we're going to well, see. Well, I am definitely eight inches bigger than you. Oh, come off to fuck. We're going to see what happened here. A look at Eddie Dennis being taken down by Mastiff. Looking for the running sent on, but Dennis manages to roll out the way. But Eddie Dennis, a huge kick to the face of Mastiff. And Dennis wants him counted out. I don't know, I'm not really a fan of big guys where they have to roll to their side in order to get up. <laughs> well, what do you want him to do, nip up? Well, no, but he looks like a tortoise trying to get up off his back. And now Mastiff on the apron. Trying to fight his way back in. A big boot there by Dennis. I think that just annoyed Mastiff more than anything. Eddie Dennis there, shooting Dave Mastiff into that apron. And now on the knees of the outside. Throws Mastiff back into the ring. And Dennis just coming into the corner with a big forearm and a kicks. Moving around to the other side now as well. Got the cravat locked in. And this is what we've seen in most Eddie Dennis matches. And this is what happened here again. Is this a typical stereotype of an English wrestler? Instead of a side headlock, which the Americans do, we, we do a cravat. I it th- sounds more posh. I think, well, it's not posh. It's just a better move as well, isn't it? Because every time your head moves, the, the hold gets tighter. Plus, you can't break that hold there if you actually try it. So, I think it's more kind of like you said, British style is a little bit better. Eddie Dennis managing to break it. Though. Irish whips Dennis into the... Uh, Mastiff manages to break... Uh, the cravat into the corner comes charging in but Eddie managing to move out of the way and now it's just an onslaught with elbows to the head of Mastiff reapplies that cravat and uh, Mastiff in all sorts of trouble now Eddie Dennis having his way and Mastiff's just going to get annoyed in this position at the moment just trying to catch his breath the two undefeated monsters of NXT UK 1-0 has to go here tonight and Eddie Dennis now with the knees, applying that cavat. Mastiff has got nowhere to go. The crowd firmly behind Dave Mastiff here. And then he manages to pick up Dennis. Get some separation, delivers some big forearms to the jaw of Dennis. A huge uppercut. And a big headbutt to the face. Goes for the cover, but Dennis gets his shoulder oh, up at two. Two. So do you think this is more... I've seen, this, I've seen you watching this, and I've seen you, you know... Do you think this is an embarrassment to British wrestling, then? These two guys being NXT UK, you know, the way Massive and Dennis look. Do you find a little bit embarrassed now? What's, you know what I mean? What, what? Not really, because I enjoy what Dave Mastiff can bring to things. You know, it's like he took that big boot and then he just smiles it off. You know, he, he to me looks like a typical double R bastard, whereas Eddie Dennis is really not impressed with him. Mm. Well, I just don't know what he leads to at the moment, you know. Just looking on, if we're going to have a look here... You know, compare our monsters to WWE or something like Braun Strowman. I don't think they stand up, but it's a chance, you know, kind of building them up. We know a good Dave Mastiff is. Just look at that impressive move there from where he just suplexed Eddie Dennis off the top rope. Indeed, yes. But, you know, with Braun Strowman, he may have the size, but, you know, he legitimately looks like someone that could mow down a car if he was running towards it. Yeah. You know, we've seen him 
circuit the ring and just take out a few people and you know, it legitimately looks like it hurts. With Dave Mastiff, it's, it looks like he can absorb a lot of punishment. But, you know, if you run circles around him, you'd be able to get away. Yeah, the thing, I think Eddie Dennis, even though he might be more technical and say Strowman, he's not as imposing. I think the only true monster of the whole, you know, UK scene is Drew McIntyre. You know, when you think about what a true monster does look like, a Mastiff fighting back now. With the forearms gets cut off though by Dennis. And now Mastiff has got Eddie Dennis. German suplex goes for the cover. Oh! Ooh. Dennis just managing to kick out. Oh. Lovely German with a bridge though from Mastiff. Credit where it's due. And now Mastiff is looking at Eddie Dennis, going to maybe try and put him away. Is he going to cannibal time? Oh my god. Caught by Eddie Dennis. Slammed down as well. Impressive feet too. Fr- oh, oh, but Mastiff managing to kick out. Was that like an end of days? Uh, it was. And massive when you consider uh, how big Dave is. To uh, pick him up and swing him all the way around as well. Very impressive by Eddie Dennis. And the crowd appreciating that as well. Oh, no, he can't. Is he looking to get Mastiff up for powerbomb? Uh, Dave with... Uh... Very innovative escape and just uh, flings Dennis over his shoulder. And now Dennis going into the ropes to get the break. And as the referee tells off Mastiff, Dennis gets a cheap shot. But Mastiff's got the arm already, Dennis. Oh, drags him back into the ring. I think he catches uh, Eddie's head on the top rope. Now Dennis in all sorts of trouble with Dave Mastiff. I think Dave Mastiff kind of reminds me of heavy machinery. Yeah, I suppose you're right in that kind of way, yeah. Uh, Mastiff loads deceptively. You can do stuff maybe you wouldn't be able to think you can. A bit like heavy machinery in that way. And he's got Dennis. Eddie Dennis, what's he going to try and do? Jumps off the top and behind for Mastiff. Looking for a razor's edge or well, a we buckle se- bomb. We've seen him hit it before. He had a razor's edge into the corner. And he's got Mastiff up, not for long. Looking for the seventh bridge. Looking down with a lariat, though, for Dake out. Oh. Is that a huge Eddie chant or NXT chant? NXT. The fans are really into this action now. Trying NXT, and now is Eddie Dennis going to look play Mastiff. Snapmare from Dave, though. Follows up with a headbutt. Rocks Eddie Dennis. German release. Uh-oh, and now Eddie Dennis is falling in, in a precarious position. And Mastiff channeling his inner earthquake. Comes running in. <laughs> See, now that's a more impressive cannonball than Kevin Owens. It is. He, he throws all his weight against Dennis. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. Bomber Dave Mastiff gets the victory. My God. So Dave Mastiff puts away Eddie Dennis. Dan, what do you think of the match? I think the right man won. You know, I think they should continue be building Dave Mastiff up as... Uh, you know, uh, as a wrecking machine, as someone that should be feared. You know, he's uh, he's a big guy. He's an intimidating fella, but he's happy. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, and you can see it in his eyes. He's focused on the NXT UK scene and looking at Pete Dunne now after putting away Eddie Dennis. This is a good main event between the Raw Hoss and Mastiff and the more cerebral monster in Dennis. The Stoles played well against each other, but Mastiff walks away as the one undefeated monster. 
All right, so we move on to episode 17, and that's the 19th of December. And our first match is Jordan Devlin versus Wild Boar. They lock up, and the Wild Boar starts out wrestling Devlin early on. Devlin fires back and grounds him with kidney strikes. Devlin follows with elbow strikes and then grounds the action with a chin lock. Wild Boar tries to fire up, but gets whipped into the buckles. Devlin misses the standing moonsault and Wild Boar hits a running senton. Wild Boar follows with strikes and a shoulder tackle for two. Two. Wild Boar hits a corner spear, but Devlin hits a pele for two. Two. Devlin up top, Wild Boar avoids the moonsault and misses a cannibal. Devlin hits the island's call for the win. And of course, Jordan Devlin defeated the Wild Boar at five minutes via pinfall. Yeah, this was a pretty good little opener with good energy. Boar got in a spice amount of offence, almost too much, but this worked overall. Well, Devlin cuts the promo, noting that he's the ace. That trumps all. Well, that's a promo on tonight's match with Saxon Huxley and Tyson T-Bone. They will take care of business because they want gold. And our next matchup is Fabian Eichner versus Eddie Ryan. Well, they lock up and work to the ropes. Ryan picks up the pace and hits a dropkick and dumps Eichner to the floor. Eichner slides back in and cuts off the dive with a backbreaker and lays the boots to him. Eichner follows with a belly-to-back suplex for two. Two. Fabian grounds him, lays in strikes, but Ryan fights to his feet. He follows with strikes and an insiguri. The uppercut off the ropes follows for two. Two. Eichner now dumps him over the ropes and takes him to the floor and slams him to the steps. Back in and the spinning powerbomb finishes thing. Yes, and Fabian Eichner defeated Eddie Ryan at five minutes and five seconds via pinfall. And the- Dan, what did you think of the match? <clears throat> well, this was as solid as Eichner picks up a largely <laughs> dominant win. Next match is Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate versus Saxon Huxley and Tyson T-Bone. Bait and T-Bone to begin. T-Bone works him over with strikes, tags in Huxley, and he follows with knee strikes. Bait fires back, hits the uppercut and seven tags in, and follows with chops. T-Bone distracts him, allowing Huxley to attack and tag in T-Bone with a DDT follows by seven. Huxley distracts him and T-Bone attacks with strikes. Huxley tags back in as they isolate seven in the corner. T-Bone follows with a running corner boot and covers for two. Two. Huxley t- tags back in, lays the knee strikes and hits a running cross body for two. Two. T-Bone back in and he drops the elbow and that gets two. Two. He grounds things, seven fights to his feet, but T-Bone cuts off the tag. Snapdragon suplex by seven and an insiguri follows and Bait tags in. Bait runs wild, Huxley accidentally hits T-Bone. Exploded by Bait, the running shooting star gets two. Two. T-Bone accidentally hits Huxley, says I dive by bait, and a Lariat German combo finishes Huxley. Mustache Mountain defeats Saxon Huxley and Tyson T-Bone at 7 minutes and 10. What did you think of the match, James? I think it was a good tag match with the boys from Mustache Mountain continuing to roll along. What happened backstage, Dan? Eddie Dennis attacks Dave Mastiff, telling him they aren't yet, even though Eddie Dennis has lost... Well, things aren't over between Eddie Dennis and Dave Mastiff. But the thing is, Mastiff has beaten him clean already, so Dennis has got a lot to prove. Then we get a Pete Dunn video package, and our main event is... Champion Rhea Ripley versus Isla Dawn. So Isla Dawn has been wanting an NXT UK women's title, and she's got it right now. And of course, I'm a huge fan of Isla Dawn. She was my pick in the Mae Young Classic. Well, I personally think that Rhea Ripley is going to run rough shot over her over Isla Dawn. Well, I didn't say Rhea Ripley was going to lose this match. I just said I picked Isla Dawn as my main young pick. I didn't say that. I said I don't you, think you just you don't think like her. Dawn is going to win. You don't like her because I picked her, no matter what. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't matter who it was. If it was Candy Floor, 
hype about Candy Floss beating Ray Ripley than you have about Isla Dawn. I was just giving my honest opinion on the match. But I think Ray, I think Ray Ripley's going to win as well, but I think Isla Dawn's going to put up a hell of a fight. You're going to see why I did indeed pick her for the May Young Classic and why she's actually quite good. You know, so. You know, Ray Ripley is obviously the favourite in here, but you never know with surprises. The title is on the line. Anything can happen here tonight. So the Women's Championship is on the line. Has Ray Ripley been a good champion with what we've seen so far in, what, 18 episodes? I think she seems uh, quite a dominating champion. And, you know, it's going to take someone to step up and finally take that title from her hands. So if it's not Isla Dawn, who do you think has got a good chance Tony Storm. Tony, oh, right. oh, because she's your pick in the Mae Young Classic. Is that it then, is it? Why has Tony Storm got a better chance than Isla Dawn? Because she knows what it takes to defeat Ray Ripley. Well, she's lost to Ray Ripley as well. That's, that's why Ray Ripley is the women's champion. She did defeat Tony Storm. But she knows what it takes to defeat <laughs> Well, it's, I, you know... I mean, you know, unlike Isla Dawn, who gets knocked out in the first round, of Look, Tony Storm went all the way to the final. Yes, she did. But Isla Dawn here shown she's tough... She's got Ray Ripley. Isla Dawn's face looks all cattywampus. She's got a head in the side headlock. And Ray Ripley's in a bit of trouble. Isla Dawn there. Brilliant taking down Ray Ripley. Double foot stomp to the chest. Rolls over to a cover. But only getting a one count. One. And then straight back in. For that side headlock. Keeping Ray Ripley down. And you know Ray Ripley has looked great. But we know she can be beaten here in NXT UK. There's so many women around the globe. We talked about Drew McIntyre earlier. Nikki Cross is someone who would qualify for this. And Nikki Cross, I think, would be great in NXT UK. Fun fact that the women's champ from NXT UK and the men's champ from NXT UK have the same hair. No, that that is true. Yeah, Pete, Pete Dunne and Ray Ripley. Or maybe Pete Dunne's a little bit longer nowadays. He has been growing it out a little bit. And Isla Dawn still got hold of the head. And we know the women's champion. We talked about the NXT title with Pete Dunne. And of course, we're going to have NXT Tag Team Champions, Mustache Mountain. We're going to be in the semi-finals. We know that so far. And Ray Ripley showed a lot of power there. Yeah, springing out of the corner, hitting a drop kick on Isla Dawn. Oh my God, Ray Ripley in complete control here. Isla Dawn trying to punch out of it. But Ripley just with the kicks, send her into the corner. Now Ray Ripley brings out Isla Dawn into the middle of the ring, picking her up. Oh, a delayed vertical suplex. Rolls her up. One, two... Oh, but Dawn managing to kick out. Uh-huh. She must have held her there for at least five seconds. At least 12 seconds. So, James, come on then. What are your honest thoughts of uh, Isla Dawn? She's doing wrong here. She's fighting out now. Kicking Ripley away. Yeah, she gets caught, but she's showing a toughness. Showing attitude. She had a bit of advantage over Ray Ripley in the early going. Is she a face or a heel? Well, of course she's a face. Look at Ray Ripley now. No, I mean, not in this match, but I don't know. She looks quite heelish. She looks heelish. She looks like a heel. You just don't like her because she's Scottish and because my pick and the May Young Classic. That's your problem with her. You pick when, out anything. When did I say I don't like her? I said she looks heelish. Yeah, well, how do you mean she looks heelish? What, because she's got ginger hair? And she smells of piss and she's got no <laughs> No, well, you don't know that, do you? I'm just well, saying What makes her look heelish? Like because she's wearing a grey top. Her general appearance is that she looks like a heel. Like Paige does. Yes. Yeah, Paige is a heel, isn't she? She looks like a hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's got the same look as Paige then. Just because they're not blonde doesn't mean it can't be fucking baby faces, <laughs> Dan, all right? Just because they don't look like Alexa Bliss or Trish Stratton or something like that, right? Pull your mind out the gutter, mate, all right? It's the 21st century, right? And people like Isla Dawn are competing for championships in WWE. Or she's not competing very well at the moment because Ray Ripley 
has got it down, but I suspect it is a Dawn comeback. Here comes Dawn, but oh my god. Ripley quickly cuts her off with a clothesline. Goes for a cover, but only a two count. Two. Oh, what a huge clothesline there by Isla Dawn. Dawn went for the roll-up. Ray Ripley sat on her, and now the reverse. The inverted Texas Cloverleaf. The reverse Texas Cloverleaf. You just like to feel the exact opposite of everything as I do. No, I don't. I'm not argumentative in the slightest. And look at Isla Dawn fighting it off. Yes, you are. She's, no, I'm not. She's going to get away from it. She's going to break the submission, isn't she? Isla Dawn is struggling to get to the bottom rope. Can she make it in time? And look how tough she is in getting oh, there. Just manages to get to the bottom rope. Credit to Isla Dawn showing her toughness. But Ray Ripley isn't going to stop there. Or oh, Isla Dawn showing that she can fight. Live another day. Now Ray's picking up Isla Dawn. And Dawn's saying to Ripley, yeah, bring it. Fights back with a big elbow. Ducks the boot from Ripley. Dodges the drop kick. Can Isla Dawn fight her way back into this match? No, because she's ginger. Ray Ripley hits the ring post. See, you're being gingerist there. We're going to get all the, the gingers now emailing in and say, Dan, you're gingerist. Who cares what ginger thinks? <laughs> I just did. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Becky Lynch, you've got a problem with her then? Obviously, but I wouldn't say it to her face. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, true. I tell you what, Isla Dawn reminds me of a young Becky Lynch making it back to her feet. And now, a huge forearm to Ray Ripley. She's in this fight. You discounted her. You discredited her. But she's fighting everything she's got. Mrs. Uh, Ripley ducks one kick but gets caught with a kick to the chest. Ripley to the midsection. And now she's got a bang. And a back suplex. Can Ray Ripley shut me up for good? Kick to the back of the head. Ripley is out on her feet. And now Dawn sets her up. Suplex floats over. One, two. Yeah. Oh, you well, Ray Ripley managing to kick out. Ah, right at the last sec. I mean, that was that was two and... 99-100. Yeah, exactly. That's how close it was. But... It was an eyelash away. It wasn't three. And now Dawn. Irish Rip... Oh, no. Ripley holding on. But gets hooked, caught with a huge forearm. Again, gets blocked. Goes for a kick. And now Ripley's got a... Pump handle slam. One, two, three... My God, job done there by Ray Ripley. But look how close Dawn pushed her. And you've got to be impressed with Isla Dawn in that one. You say that, but I haven't. So you weren't I impressed? Got to do anything. No, she she did well. <laughs> I thought she was brilliant in that one. She showed a lot of heart determination. Someone that maybe we didn't know a lot about took the champion to the limit. And Ray Ripley comes away looking good. And Dawn comes away looking good as well. I think... If you look at Isla Dawn down the road, maybe she'll have enough opportunity once they build her character a little bit. I think there's a lot of potential. Yes, James. <laughs> yeah. That's how you feel. Yeah. So what are your takeaways from that match? No, credit where it's due. I think uh, Isla Dawn, she was a, a plucky challenger for the title. I think she needs a little bit more work, you know, to build her up a bit more. But maybe in, in, the, in the future, she could potentially challenge... Whoever is women's champion at that point in time. Yeah, I think it'd be good to see. What are you doing? James, what on earth are you doing? What am I doing? What's it look like I'm doing? It looks like you're trying to blow up some balloons. Yeah, no shit. Why are you blowing up balloons? You know why. Really? Yes, the end of the month. 
Do you mean the WNR 200 on January the 25th? Well, of course. We are live and it's going to be a party. We're playing games. So I thought not only snacks, but game changer, balloons. Well, I thought we would have a retrospective look back at 200 episodes of the WNR and pick out important or funny moments that we have made and tell everyone what goes into making the WNR podcast. Hey, all right, we'll do that instead then. So, well, let's move on anyway to episode 18, the 19th of December. And the Riptide finishes it for Rhea Ripley. Well, the Riptide's the most dangerous move in the NXT UK division and Rhea Ripley the most dangerous woman in NXT UK at this moment in time till someone can step up to her and truly bring it. We move on to our next episode, NXT episode 18, the 19th of December. And we are in Plymouth, England with your announcers... Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness. And straight on to match one, it is my pick in the May Young Classic, Tony Storm versus Charlie Morgan. Well, they lock up and go to a stalemate. They lock up again and Morgan slaps Storm and Storm slaps back. Storm with a running boot to the chest. Storm with a drop kick and she gets a near fall. Storm with a boot to Morgan's back and Storm with an STF. Morgan gets to the rope and Storm with a boot to the back. Storm with a forearm but she runs into a boot and Morgan kicks her away. Morgan with an for a near fall. Well, Morgan with a forearm to the back and then with an uppercut in the corner. Then she connects with an elbow to the back of the head. She follows that up with a camel clutch. Storm escapes, sends Morgan to the mat. Then she follows up with forearms, followed by a German suplex. Storm with a running hip into the corner, followed by Storm zero for the free count. Yeah, and Storm one and not very impressive effort, really. I mean, she looked a rock. Yeah, so this is a difference between my yeah. picks and James's picks I, because James I, gets to watch his picks in action. Me, I just have to read them off a fucking script. Well, if, if you're on the network, so if you want to go, I know you've got the network, you can go and watch them, but instead you rather piss and moan about it. That's fine. You know, that's, that's what Dan does. Uh, I won't impress with Tony Storm at all. In that match, and again, she was lucky to be uh, winner of the May Young Classic, and she'll be lucky if she gets an opportunity to get Ray Ripley down the road. Well, we take a look at Gallus, Joe Coffey, and Travis Banks are in getting ready for the match as we go to commercial. And match two is Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews versus Zach Gibson and James Drake. Well, Gibson and Andrews start off and they lock up. Gibson with a forearm to the back, followed by a forearm as he tries for a slam. But Andrews gets to his feet. And then with a back elbow and he comes off the turnbuckles with an arm drag. Webster tags in and they hit a double hip toss and a shooting star press and moonsault combination for a new fall. Webster with a front face stop but Drake with forearms. Webster with a back elbow then follows up with a running knee into the corner. Goes up top and Gibson throws his wrist tape at Webster to distract him. And allows Drake to send Webster to the floor. Gibson tags in and Drake with a slingshot elbow drop onto Webster who was on Gibson's knee. Gibson hot shots Webster on the guard rails and they return to the ring. Gibson with a short on clothesline for a near fall. Then with a cobra clutch on Webster. Drake tags in and he connects with a forearm on Webster and gets a near fall. Drake with a reversal chin lock. Gibson tags in and applies a front face lock and goes for a suplex but Webster blocks it. Webster lands on his feet on the suplex attempt but Gibson with a need to keep Webster from making a tag. Drake tags in and Webster avoids Gibson and Drake and Andrews tag in. Andrews with a head scissors to Gibson, followed by chops to Drake. Then he slides under a double clothesline and hits a double Pele kick on them both. Andrews is caught by Drake, but Andrews counters into a tornado DDT for a near fall. Gibson makes the tag and Andrews with a kick to Gibson. But Gibson puts Andrews on the turnbuckles and Drake with a drop kick and Gibson with a lung blower for a near fall. Drake tags in and Gibson goes. Gibson gets Andrews on his shoulders 
Webster tags in and Gibson goes over the top rope to the floor. Webster with an inseguri to Drake followed by a reverse runner for a near fall. And Gibson pulls Drake into their corner and tags in. Webster with a headbutt to the chest and Andrew tags in, but Gibbs tosses Webster into Andrews. Drake with a thrust kick and Gibson slams Webster over the top to the floor. Andrews hits a double stun dog millionaire. Then he goes up top, but Fabian Eichner sends Webster into the ring steps. Andrews with a suicide dive to Eichner. Gibson tags in and Andrews with insecurity. Drake followed by shooting star press. But he does not realise that Gibson is a legal man and Gibson with the Shankly Gates to force Andrews to tap out. Your winner is Zach Gibson and James Drake in, a, in, I think, a great tag team match. And the thing about Zach Gibson and James Drake as well, the grizzled young vets, as they like to be known at, have got to be strong favourites in the uh, tag team tournament. Yes, and after the match, Eichner attacks Andrews and goes for the powerbomb, but Webster stops Fabian. Andrews with an inseguri and Webster kicks Eichner to the floor. Well, we go to a commercial. When we come back, it's match number three, Nina Samuels versus Killer Kelly. Kelly with a waist lock and Nina makes it to the ropes to force Kelly to release the hold. They lock up and Samuels with a side headlock. Kelly with a side headlock of her own. Nina pie faces Kelly and Kelly with forearms. Kelly with a forearm into the corner and then she connects with a boot to the chest for a near fall. Samuels avoids the clothesline, then drops Kelly against the top rope and she gets a near fall. Samuels with a full Nelson and Kelly escapes but Nina returns to the full Nelson. With a snapmare and a leapfrog snapmare for the near fall, Nina puts Kelly in the ropes and drop kicks Kelly in the back. Yeah, Nina returns to the full Nelson. Kelly escapes and drops down for a roll up, and she gets a near fall. Kelly with a forearm, but Nina blocks a kick. Kelly with an insecurity followed by a suplex that sends Nina's legs into the turnbuckles. Kelly with a drop kick into the corner for a near fall. Kelly goes for a Fisher woman suplex, but Nina pulls the hair and sends Kelly into the turnbuckle and hits a Yushi Garisha for the free count. Your winner. Nina Samuels. What do you think of the match, Dan? It, it was quite a, quite an impressive bout. Yeah, not as good as the opening contest that we saw. But, you know, two two women that could viable be uh, challengers for Rare Ripley. Yeah, right, that, I mean, we saw Killer Kelly, didn't we, in the, the Mae Young Classic. And, and she looked quite impressive. And it's good that she's got to be a part of the NXT UK divisions. And we are back. Fabian Eichner is asked about what Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster did. Fabian says if think they can mess with him, they have another thing coming. Eintner says they're not going to get the tag titles because he will find a tag team partner. So I'm sorry, but Fabian says if they think they can mess with him. Well, didn't Fabian mess with them in the first place for them to mess back with him? Well, he, he beat Mandrews, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, so he got involved in Mandrews' business, but then it was Morgan Webster who challenged him afterwards because he did beat Mandrews. So I think there's a kind of bit of back and forth, really. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, he cost them their match. Oh yeah, he he definitely tournament. yeah he's definitely shouldn't have done that. You're right about that. He's definitely in the wrong there. But what happens is punishment is another thing coming. You know, our main event is Joe Coffey versus Travis Banks. We saw Travis Banks beating Wolfgang, beating Wolfgang uh, a couple of weeks ago. And Coffee comes running out to begin with, right to Travis Banks. Kiwi buzzsaw. And he won't see how good he was, like we said, against Wolfgang. And he knows he might be able to get the jo- job done against Joe Coffee. Well, especially if the uh, the numbers are even. Well, this is the thing, but Coffee proved, though, against Trent Seven, that when the numbers are even, he can still get the job done. Can the same be said for uh, Travis Banks? And again, another wrestler that Coffee's fighting who's injured. Indeed, yes. You know, maybe he should go against someone who isn't injured and <laughs> see how he fares up. Banks there on the apron just comes running in, kick to coffee. And now Travis Banks on the outside with a chops to coffee. And now Travis Banks, suicide dive. 
but gets caught by Joe Coffey in the uppercut and then gets picked up. He's got Travis Banks. Oh! Swings him into Barry Cade against that injured shoulder. Joe Coffey likes to target a body piece, a body part. Well, I, I mean, it's common sense, really. If the guy is carrying an injury, then you target it. He made uh, he made Trent Seven suffer with that. And now, exactly after Travis Banks, you come out with a target on your back or, as in Banks's case, his shoulder, he's going to pay for it. We know how dangerous Joe Coffey looks. I'm beaten here in NXT, but we know Travis Banks has got the heart of a champion. We saw it. We saw it at the UK tournament when he got to the final. He was injured. No one thought he could do it. He was the underdog all throughout there. And then got caught with a shank the gates. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Coffey <clears throat> got surprised here by Travis Banks. You talk about Shankly Gates, yeah. That another guy who is looking at tag team gold now, Zach Gibson. Zach NXT, Gibson. Exactly. NXT UK is heating up. We're on our road to takeover. The first ever uh, NXT UK takeover in Blackpool. We know the NXT title is going to be online. We know the tag team title is going to be online. And the women's championship as well, but we don't know who's going to fill the spots. It is good to see, though. You've got some personalities shining through. You know, you've got Gallus. You know what their kind of motives are. They want the tag team championships. They want the heavyweight champ or the UK championship. You know, and and you're starting to see what these guys are all about. And we've got the kind of grudge going on between Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis at the moment. We know exactly the women's division as well. And we're seeing all these guys competing. And Joe's had to fall Nelson in the past couple of minutes. And Banks finally backs up Joe into the corner. Stops the submission, but maybe not for long. Coffey just right back. And he's a destructive individual with Joe Coffey. Went for the elbow drop. And Travis Banks moves. Oh, but sends him shoulder first into the canvas. Now Joe twists in the arm of Travis Banks, slamming him all the way down to the canvas. So we know that Vince McMahon is obviously in charge of the main roster war and SmackDown. And Triple H is in charge of NXT. Who's... Kind of like, you know, the gorilla position leader. I would suspect Triple H would be the guy in the gorilla position. Because don't forget, this is, even though it's over a number of weeks, they filmed it in, what, four or five places in the UK. I reckon Triple H came over at the set of tape, because it's once, every, it's once a month, isn't it, really? Yeah. Came over with the crew, set it up in gorilla position, had stories. I'm not sure who the road agents are, but it wouldn't surprise me if they had some people like Robbie Brookside and Fit Finley, maybe, who've got experience on the British scene as well. Uh, and I think maybe, I'm hoping, a lot of it is kind of, guys, just go out and see what happens. You know, like in NXT, yeah. sometimes it's just like, that we're not we're going to tell them, this is what we're trying to do, but you can kind of fill in the, the well, blanks Well, this is the start of the story. This is the end of the yeah, story. Yeah. What happens in between, you guys just go out there and do... I mean, we've, we've seen... It's a bit like NXT in America, but we've had even less kind of storylines so far. Uh, you know, all the in-ring action has kind of been in-ring action, if you know what I mean. It's kind of, we've seen the promo stuff backstage, but we haven't had uh, the other stuff that you maybe suspect from kind of the WWE program. We've seen Johnny Saint a couple of times, haven't we? But, but yeah, you know, from, from that, what we've seen on 205 Live, you know, it kind of takes a little while for people to establish their personalities, you know, establish their motives and goals and, you know, develop rivalries. You don't want to start everything off on the first yeah. show. You know, you, you, it is quite good to build it up over a few episodes. As long as we don't see too much, you know, tweening, like flopping face, heel, face, heel, you know, like that. It's, you know, I'd like to see Gallus being their heels, you know, Mustache Mountain being the plucky underdog faces, Um, you know, maybe even the strong style boys teaming up, 
having a bit of Pete Dunne. We know he's kind of like, you know, he don't give a fuck, but that's how he plays it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, he may be helping out the faces, but... You know, it, yeah. it is he's Pete Dunne. He's well, you're not... talking about you're talking about British strong style there, and uh, Travis Banks just knee Joe Coffey in the face. I think he lost his front tooth. It was a hell of a reaction. Now he's chopped him down. Got him in the second turnbuckle with drop kick. Coffey in all sorts of trouble. Banks bringing it. Drop kick to the face. Two. Oh, Joe managing to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. And these two are in a war here. And like I said, NXT UK is moving on as well because the time takeover happens, we've nearly seen 25 episodes. And what I'm hoping afterwards is once the, the tapings take place, they can extend it out a little bit more. So not two episodes a week. You can just have the one episode like a normal NXT. I think that's what I'm hoping, especially if that's the way they do it with takeovers as well. I don't think NXT Blackpool is going to be the last uh, British UK takeover of the year. or well, it shouldn't be anyway. Maybe four events, but we'll focus on the main event because Banks with a boot up, but he just got power slammed by Coffey. Oh, but Banks managing to kick out. Oh, that was close. Now Joe, deadlift picking up Banks, but Banks is a true fighter. Also, another thing, will this kind of hamper our chances of getting a WWE pay-per-view over here? Or will it, you know, kind of encourage them to, if we get a brilliant response to what happens in Blackpool and it goes down well with that kind of thing, you know, look, WWE fans over here. I, I think it could possibly to work as, as, as even better because you imagine a normal takeover at a pay-per-view. Imagine having an NXT takeover, a UK event, the Saturday, and then a WWE pay-per-view in England the next day as well, like they do in America. I mean, there's a yeah. chance. <coughs> that, that definitely, And then Raw and SmackDown here as well. Because we had NXT takeover London. Yeah. I mean, just imagine you have NXT UK event at the O2 Arena on like, the Saturday, the pay-per-view at Wembley Stadium on the Sunday, and then Raw smacked at the O2 Arena <laughs> on the Monday and Tuesday. I mean, the jobs are good in then, isn't it? You know? Even have take the American takeover come down and have a UK takeover on the Friday, takeover Saturday, event on the Saturday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Five days. Well, this is what they're doing. I mean, there's so much content. On the W Network, and you know there is a possibility this could happen, as Joe Coffey has just got control of this match by German suplexing Travis Banks, and now he's placed him up on the top turnbuckle. James, when is Takeover Blackpool? It's tomorrow night, Dan. NXT Takeover Blackpool. We cannot wait. We'll be with you ninety minutes before the event starts, and that will be UK time as well. But you can follow our Twitter and everything for that. Or oh, Travis Banks headbutt off Coffey. And then double foot stomp. Here comes Travis. Off the second. Oh, <laughs> springboard double foot stomp to the chest. A big fisherman suplex. Goes for the cover too. Oh, nearly another upset victory there for Banks. And every time Travis Banks, you can see he's dealing with issues in his arm. And now Joe Coffey on the apron. A huge elbow sends Coffey halfway out the entranceway. Oh, now Travis Banks. Looking to take a risk. And here he comes. Bang. Takes down Joe. And the fans want Travis Banks to take advantage of this. See, this is the thing. If Joe Coffey is going to be taken as a legitimate threat to Pete Dunne, if he can beat Travis Banks here without having to have his tag team partners come down. Oh, my God. He nearly lost it. Double foot stomp. But Coffey managing to kick out. Ah. Uh. But if he can manage it without having his tag team partners come down, it seems like he is he could be a legitimate threat. I think even though Travis Banks is not 100% here, you know, and maybe that's the advantage that leads to Joe, but 
I think if, we'll see what happens. If he, like he said, if he can get the job done, but at the moment he's in serious trouble with Travis Banks. There's Travis Banks off the second, dies, but Joe moves. Oh, like a running spear. Discus Lariat blocked by Banks, gets caught on the other side though. One, three. Joe Coffey beats Travis Banks, and now for you, he's a legitimate threat to Pete Dunne. Yeah. Do you, do you agree or do you. I, I've been impressed with Joe Coffey since the very start, and he's proven now that Gallus is a great team, but he doesn't need the help to get the job done. He proved it last week. With he proved great... it in some sorts, but, you know, they were still there or thereabouts. And then, you know, for, for half the match. And... Uh, yeah, but he's beaten, he's beaten Trent Seven. He's beaten uh, Travis Banks. We've seen him pick up a few victories now. I mean, this guy is probably leading the pack. I would say it's him and Dave Mastin. Him and Dave Mastiff. Jordan Devlin's up there as well. Even though you don't like him. No, I don't I don't really rate Jordan Devlin that much, but... We just walked straight past him. At yeah, no, Smackdown. I... Yeah, we, we smacked down. We just... Smackdown. Yeah, it's Jordan Devlin. I don't... But we're talking about Joe Coffey. We're talking about <laughs> Fretz. Dave Mastiff, Joe Coffey, I think there's big two when it comes to Pete Dunne. We haven't seen him recently, but I'm sure he'll show up sooner rather than later. So very impressive there by Joe Coffey. So we move on to episode 19, and that was the 26th of December, or Boxing Day in good old England. Johnny Saint's minion, Sid Scala, arrives and kicks off the show and brings out Johnny Saint. They announce that on January the 12th, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool takes place. Tony Storm arrives and says she's proud to be part of this brand, and this year has been good to her. She competed in the May Young Classic and won it at Evolution which gives her a title shot of her choosing, and she challenged Ripley at NXT TakeOver Blackpool. Saint agrees. Oh, so just because she asked, she doesn't have to earn an opportunity or anything like that, Tony Storm. She could just ask and get given it. Oh, that's, that's good to know, then, in NXT UK division. Well, up next, Jordan Devlin versus Kenny Williams. Dan's favourite. Yeah, Jordan Devlin isn't too bad either. Amir Jordan is at ringside. They lock up, working for position, and Williams taking control early on. Williams dumps him and follows, but Devlin slams him onto the apron to cut that shit off. Back in, Devlin hits a backbreaker for two. Two. Devlin grounds the action, keeping the high flyer grounded, and follows with an Uranagi. But Williams blocks a standing moonsault and cradles Devlin for another two. Two. Williams hits a bicycle kick and a suicide dive. Back in and William lays in kicks and the O'Connor roll gets two. Two. The PK follows and that also gets two. Two. Devlin cuts things off with a high angle half and half suplex. Devlin follows with forearm strikes and a six Sato suplex. The Island Call finishes it. Jordan Devlin defeated Kenny with five minutes 27. Dan, what do you think of the match? I'm confused as to whether O'Connor roll is Des O'Connor <laughs> and what a PK <laughs> is. So if anyone knows... Write your answer on a postcard and shove them up your ass. Well, this was short, but good and enjoyable. Devlin is a guy who is fully taken advantage of the airtime given to him, never wastes it, and looks great every time out. I think you're getting more aggressive since you win. I think it's going to your head. You know, you're not the people's champion you were once. Post-match, Devlin says that he comes out each week, wins and dominates, and here's to take out all the pretenders. Marcel Barthel debuts next week. Good. He's a much better fit for the UK brand. Well, Saint and Scala comment on TakeOver and Ripley arrives to remind us that she's champion. She decided who she defends against and wants an opponent for next week. Scala says they found her opponent, Diona Perazzo. 
Our next match is Eddie Dennis versus Dan Maloney. Maloney attacks at the bell, but quickly gets cut off and gets tossed to the floor. Dennis beats the hell out of him with strikes and hits a catatonic onto the apron. Dave Mastiff arrives and attacks him, looking for revenge from last week's attack. Yeah, so Eddie Dennis defeated Dan Maloney via DQ. This is purely storyline device to circle back around to a Dennis versus Mastiff rematch, likely for takeover. Maloney steps up to Mastiff for costing him his match and gets his ass kicked for his troubles. Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson, takes us on a tour of Liverpool. He is joined by James Drake. Gibson praises Liverpool as hard workers and good people until he attains some fame and they turn to him. Liverpool needs Zach Gibson more than he needs him. And our next match is Tyson T-Bone and Saxton Huxley versus Jack Stars and Tucker. Uh, this was a fine extended squash. They tried to give T-Bone and Huxley some credibility in a rebound win. Isla Dawn comments on her loss to Ripley and says she will continue her path, which is the championship. Ginny arrives and mocks her, wasting her chance. So in our main event, it's uh, a man I really like, Laguerre, going against Joe Coffey. Well, they lock up. Coffee overpowers Laguerre early on and grounds things. The shoulder tackle follows. Laguerre picks up the pace, does a jolly St. Ball spot and follows with kicks. He follows with a run and Laguerre follows Coffee, cuts him off and kills him with an awesome spear into the barricade. Coffee talks shit as he beats in Laguerre and back in. They trade strikes until Coffee gets a full Nelson and transitions to the butterfly lock and swings him into a suplex for two. Two. Liguero wipes him out with a tope. Back in, Liguero up top and hits a cannonball. Coffee misses a charge and Liguero hits slice bread for two. Two. Liguero goes up top, gets cut off and Coffee hits the uppercut and spear. The pop-up power slam gets another two. Two. Liguero fights, fights off the German suplex but Coffee slams him to the buckles. Heads up top and Liguero hits an insiguri. When Coffee counters the run, it hits a power bomb and locks on the crab. Liguero makes the ropes. Liguero fires back and gets a cradle for two. Two. Kofi then levels him with a roaring lariat for the win. And Joe Coffey wins yet again, cleanly without any other help, defeating Liguero in 10 minutes 20. What did you think of the main event, Dan? Well, this was a very good main event with Liguero continuing to be a great babyface and Coffey continuing his winning ways cleanly. Showing more of his ruthless side as he looked at the NXT UK title shot. Well, Dan, you've got to think he is a favourite going into it. So we move on to episode 20, and it's the 26th of December 2018. Still Boxing Day in good old UK. Dan, is it Boxing Day in America? It is in Canada. Oh, it is in Canada, all right. Well, we start off with Zach Gibson and James Drake versus Wild Boar and Primate. So this should be good, and we'll see if Zach Gibson... And James Drake can go through, of course, the grizzled young vets. And I like these two. And we know how dangerous Zach Gibson is because of the um, UK tournament, Dan, don't we? Indeed, yes. You know, he uh, he completely dominated with his finisher, Shankly Gates. And, once and of he, course, he's a scouser. Yeah, once he put that in, you know, it was a job done. But he did say that Liverpool needs him. He doesn't need Liverpool now. Uh, and I think that's a good thing to kind of stop, you know, maybe when you're in Liverpool getting cheered and stuff like this. You know, it might be a good idea. And we've seen a lot of um, Wild Boar, haven't we, really, in NXT UK recently. Not not on the winning end, shall we say, a Wild Boar, but, you know, he's been, he's, been tri- he's a trier, isn't he? Is Wild Boar in the ring or is that Primate? That is Wild Boar in the ring, and he is a trier. He looks short. He, he's, he's, he's not the biggest guy. He looks guy, like he should team with Jordan Devlin. They both look like Mijar. Yeah, well, it's the little people that like to be known as, Dan. Thank you very much. <coughs> as James Drake takes him into the corner, Wild Boar, that is. Primate tags in. 
Oh, belly to belly overhead there. And Primate is a dangerous man. I mean, very Zach Gibson-esque in a, just a bit of a, uh, I think, a better beard than Zach Gibson who's looking on. And James Drake is in a little bit of trouble managing to get off the shoulders. And James Drake dodging low on Primate. And that allows Zach Gibson to hold the ropes open to fall through. And now with the referee's backs turned, Zach Gibson's got him. Oh, over the top rope from James Drake. And Primate was draped over Gibson's knee. And now the grizzled young vet's in control. And Zach Gibson's going to take his time with Primate. So is that Gibson probably the most impressive in this match for you, James? I think he's one of the most impressive, Dan, in the UK division. We've seen a lot of great talent, but I think he's, you know, he would have been right for to, to go and ask Pete Dunne or try and earn another opportunity. I know it's kind of fallen to the, you know, the Gallus now are in control, but I, I feel Zach Gibson, he's definitely there. And with um, James Drake by his side, you know, the Grizzly Young Vets have been on the independent scene for quite a while now. And built up uh, quite a reputation. So I think they've got to be heavy, you know, along with obviously Mustache Mountain, uh, heavy favourites in this tournament. Well, we'll see how they do against uh, Wild Boar and Primate. Well, I'm not going to discount Primate because I've not seen a lot of him. We have seen Wild Boar, like we said, but at the moment, Primate is being worked on by James Drake. And Drake was involved in the uh, UK tournament as well. But like I said, Zach Gibson, just so impressive in there, especially with Shankly Gates. Once he got that in... No one could break it. The only person that did was Pete Dunne. Indeed, yes. And James, you know what you like in a tag team. Uh, the grizzled young vets are wearing very similar outfits. Yeah, now, that's cool as well. You know, so you can tell they're a, a proper tag team, if you know what I mean. And if we're going to get the tag team division here, we need as many uh, proper tag teams as we can. Like I say, you've got Gallus, who are looking on for the tag team titles, and Mustache Mountain. And now, looks like Primate has just fought off James Storm. Uh, James Drake, tag team Wild Boar. <laughs> Oh, he takes an that was on the uh, apron and just completely wails on James Drake. And Wild Boar is really feeling it now. Drake comes running into him. Plants him with an Irenagi. Sent on there. Do so you think Wild Boar should team up with Rhino? Well, I tell you what, maybe Rhino's like a cousin or something like that. That would be quite a cool storyline-wise. I mean, he is quite a small boar, isn't he? He's got kicked to the face. He's not as wide as Rhino. No, he's but not. But no one is. I mean, him and Primate together aren't as wide as Rhino. No, they're not. But what a fantastic move there by Wild Boar. Pop up and a powerbomb move Drake into his own corner. Maybe lucky for him. And now he's looking at the offensive and Gibson moves him out of the way. Wild Boar maybe went for the cannibal. Gibson's got all the tag rope. Tags himself in. Throws him in. Got him in the... Oh, my word. Like a tombstone into the uh, co-breaker. Two, three. Very impressive there. Am I, am I hyping them up too much, Dan? That was an impressive show there by the Grizzled Young Vets, wasn't it? Well, we'll see how they do in the next round of the tag team tournament. But that is uh, another one down for the Grizzled Young Vets. Yeah, you're much about that. It's, it's an enjoyable match. with uh, I think Wildborn and Primate were fun opponents for them. Indeed, yes. But, you know, you could always see who the winners were going to be yeah, that down. going into this. But Gibson says that they will dominate Europe and will win the NXT UK Tag Team titles. Yeah, well, they've got an opportunity. They're in the finals now and they'll face the winner of uh, Gallus versus Mustache Mountain. We found out the Tag Team Tournament semi-final match takes place then. And that should be a cracking match. A lot of history between British Strong Style, Mustache Mountain and Gallus. And we're finally going to come to a head next week. 
Eddie Dennis attacks Mastiff's victim before the match can start. Mastiff wants him in the ring, but Dennis bails. Joseph Connors cuts the backstage promo and promises to take out all the new toys in NXT UK. This man is incredibly boring in anything he does. And we go on to our next match, which is Marcel Barthel making his debut in NXT UK, going against Mark Andrews. Well, they lock up to begin and Barthel grounds the action and starts working the arm. Really slick work by Barthel here. Mark fires out and hits an arm drag and a rana. Barthel cuts him off with an elbow strike and then slams Mark down and follows with a running knee strike for two. Two. He grounds things again, keeping Mark down. Barthel lays the boots to him and follows with a drop kick. Mark fires back with strikes, but Barthel lays in uppercuts and covers for two. Two. And his arm. Um, Mark counters into a cradle for another two. Two. And follows with chops. The Inseguri connects and a charge in knees and stand in double stomp land. Well, Mark follows and hits a cannibal off the steps. Eitner arrives, distracts Mark, allowing Barthel to attack. Mark counters back with a stun dog millionaire. Heads up top and Barthel counters the shooting star press. Barthel stuns him off the ropes and Eichner attacks. Back in and Barthel finishes off Andrews. This was a good match and debut for Barthel, who was someone I speculated would fit better in NXT UK to NXT where he wasn't being used. You are right about that. The Eichner involvement played well as he's had issues with Andrews and Webster and promises promised to get a tag team partner to deal with them. And this should lead to that tag match. It should do indeed. We get a very really good Tony Storm video package. What that what that video? No, yes, that video. That video. That video we get. That's the only thing you like about Tony Storm. But unfortunately, we also get Travis Banks' video package as well. What, that? <laughs> That's that, <laughs> Travis Banks' video package, yeah. <clears throat> and we'll move on to the UK Women's Championship match, Ray Ripley versus Gianna Perazzo. And Perazzo attacks at the bell, taking the fight to Ripley and immediately grounding things as she looks to target the arm early. Ripley fires back with strikes, but Perazzo cradles her for two. Two. The Paradise Lock follows, and Perazzo then drop kicks her to the floor. Ripley counters the apron PK and slams Perazzo to the apron, and then the Barry K in, and Ripley covers for two. Two! Ripley follows with a delayed suplex that gets a kick out. Uh. Ripley then grounds things with a bully scissors, slaps Perazzo around and maintains control. And Perazzo manages to escape, but Rhea lays into the ground and pound. Ripley counters out the sunset flip into the modified cloverleaf. Perazzo makes the ropes, takes Ripley down and covers her two. Two. Ripley cuts her off with a drop kick. They go to the floor and Perazzo fights out the suplex and hits a kick. The apron cannonball follows. Back in and Perazzo hits a flat liner into the cozy clutch. Ripley fights and, they, and escapes. They trade stripes and Ripley hits a short flapjack and lays in clubbing strikes. She takes Diona up top and follows. Peruzzo fights off the superplex and counters into a German off the ropes and both are down. They trade strikes and slaps. Peruzzo goes crazy. They trade strikes and slaps. Peruzzo goes crazy fists and follows up with a DDT for two. Two. Knee strike from Peruzzo, but Reyes sends her to the buckles and follows with a riptide. And Peruzzo is finally done. Your champion, Rhea Ripley, defeated Gianna Perutso at 11 minutes and 30. Dan, what do you think of the match? This was a very good match, and they got time. Perutso was a game opponent and made Ripley work for her win, but the champion overcame in the end. Well, post-match, Ripley attacks Perutso, and Tony Storm runs out to make the save as Ripley bails, and Storm versus Ripley is official for takeover. Dan, you got what you want. Are you happy about that? I am happy after, you know, these jobbers getting opportunity after opportunity. You've seen Isla Dorn, you've seen Diana Perutso just getting shots willy-nilly. But they saved the best for the pay-per-view, and that is Tony Storm. 
Well, let's move on, and it's episode 21, January 2nd, 2019, from Liverpool. In our first match, Travis Banks defeated Jamie Ahmed. Well, Banks won after hitting the stars of heaven. I don't rate squashes, but I'll say that Banks was made to look very dominant here. Not sure we needed all the backstory that the commentators gave us on Ahmed, given how little he was allowed to show here. After the match, Jordan Devlin comes out and says he wants to bring his rivalry with Banks, which is also spread all over the world, here to NXT UK. He also rips on the New Zealand-based Banks for wrestling far away from his friends and family. Well, they replay issues that have been happening between Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis for the last two weeks. They fight on the next episode. And Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner defeat Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams. Well, the European Union seems more or less their official name based on the commentary. One, when they hit a powerbomb back suplex combo on Jordan. This was built as a match between two teams who could win a spot in the other semi-final match in the tag team title tournament by winning here. Well, neither team gets that spot, which made me wonder why they didn't just add a quarter-final round to the damn thing. The match was pretty solid, but Williams and Jordan really got owned here. It's a bold move as they had invested some in the dancing duo, but it was the right call to put Eichner and Barfell over. It was also the right call not to call them the Axis, which I feared they'd do. <laughs> Diana Prazzo tells Tony Storm completely unfoundedly that she deserves Storm's spot on the upcoming UK TakeOver special. Storm says that he should have a match so Prazzo can prove it. So Diana lost to Rare Ripley. So that entitles her to another chance at the pay-per-view. It's like Eddie Dennis. He lost to Dave Mastiff, but he gets another match at Dave Mastiff. Joe Coffey confronts Johnny Saint and Sid Scala and tells him he wants a shot at Pete Dunne's championship at TakeOver. Saint miraculously says as many words as Scala as they let Coffey know, they'll think about it. Ooh. Well, up next, Ginny defeated Candy Floss. Ginny won after hitting a touch of coach... Ginny defeated Candy Floss. Well, she won it after hitting a touch of couture. While this was quite awkward at times, it was a lot more unwatchable. Uh, this was a lot more watchable than Candy Floss's last match for the brand. She got to show her stuff and got a nice response from the crowd. She's basically a British version of Blue Pants. Do you remember Blue Pants, Dan? Well, that said, she probably controlled too much of this match. It was always going to be over. And our main event is Tyler Bate and Trent Seven versus Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. <coughs> Well, it's been all Gallus so far. I would say the last five minutes has been all Gallus in control or Trent Seven. He tried to come in with a kind of hot tag, but it's more tepid as it was anything else. And he got cut off by uh, Wolfgang and Mark Coffey have been in complete control since then. But now Wolfgang is completely wearing down Trent Seven. And we saw him put up a very valiant fight against the other Coffey brother, Joe. Well, you've got to think he's still carrying um, problems with that, that injury as well. That left leg can't be 100%. You know, that was only a few weeks ago now. And now he's going to have to go. I'm sure Joe and Gallus were watching that match and know to target it. If they have to at the moment, they don't really need to. But you've got to wonder about Tyler Bate gaining energy on the apron. You know, talk about hot tags. Tyler Bate has got one of the best ones. Well, Mike Coffey comes in and he continues to wear him down the Trent Seven, just going for that waist lock. Tyler Bate is in the corner like a coiled spring. Oh, that NXT UK turnbuckles. And now Wolfgang trying to pick up Trent Seven. And can Trent Seven finally break free from uh, Wolfgang? He's had that waist lock on for what seems like an eternity now. Yeah, finally just... gets some separation, but can he get a much-needed tag to 
Tyler Bate, no. Wolfgang and Mark Coffey, I think, are just too fresh. I said, with that sleeper, yeah, it's asserting pressure on Trent Seven, but not as much as Wolfgang. And now with the referee distracted, oh, no. Well, Mark Tardis looked to punish Trent Seven further on the outside, but gets a suplexed reversed. And now Wolfgang, I don't think, realised what's going on. Trent Seven back to his feet. Dodging Wolfgang goes in. in the ring by Tyler Bate. And finally, the whippersnapper is in the ring. And here he comes. The young man, suicide dive. Hands on barricade, nearly in the fans. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Throws Wolfgang in. And a huge ovation in the crowd as Bate unloads on Wolfgang. Well, Bate has got everything. Strength, speed, and he's get Wolfgang. Irish puts him in the corner. Bate dodging it, though. Big knee to the face. Bang, uppercut off the second rope. Up what? And now suicide dive to the outside to Mark Coffey. Comes back in, slapping the mat. He's going to try and put Wolfgang away. Uppercut. Upper what? Exploder suplex. I think Tyler Bate would have an awesome match with Daniel Bryan. I think he would as well. I think Bate would have an amazing match with anybody. Bate nips up. Running, shooting, star press. One, two. Oh, Oh, Mark Coffey in to try and break it up, but ends up inadvertently hitting Wolfgang. He gets uh, disposed of quite easily by Tyler Bate. And missing a clothesline. Bate picking up Wolfgang. You look at the strength of Tyler Bate. And he's not going to airplane spin him, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but he is spinning to his heart's content. Bate reverses, spins around the other direction. That's just Jody's strength. And he probably doesn't know. Can he stand straight? No. <laughs> he doesn't do the patented squat, though. So I think there's probably a bit more weight than he anticipated. Yeah, the squat's just for big matches. And the crowd absolutely loving it here in Liverpool. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're not trying to chant NXT. NXT UK. NXT UK. Huge moustache mountain chant. Going. And now it looks like Bate going to try and deadlift Wolfgang, but he can't back into a corner. Mark Coffey gets the tag in. And now he's got the back of Bate. Bate piggybacks him. And what the hell is Bate doing? He's got Mark Coffey on his back. He's trying to pick up Wolfgang. Surely not. No, don't call me Shirley. Tyler Bay <laughs> just suplexed two men. You probably weigh about at least 600 pounds. At least 785 pounds. Is there anything Mustache Mountain can't do? Anything Tyler Bate? So impressive. We know the wars between Gallus and British Strong Style. And now Trent Seven's in. Wow. He disposes of uh, Wolfgang. Flying cross body off the edge of the apron. Well, bad knee and all. Trent Seven didn't care. And now Seven at uh, Bait got Coffee going for the Tyler Driver ninety-seven. Oh it's my word! Flipped over by Coffee, but lands on his feet. Oh wow! Bang! Bounces off straight into a lariat, and then a step up in Seguri goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, oh. but Tyler Bait managing to kick out. Ah, uh-huh. and Coffee's calling out his brother Joe. And now Joe's getting on the apron. Oh, my God. Listen to that response. And Pete Dunn comes out to even the odds. Joe Coffey wants a match with Pete Dunn. Well, he can have one on the entranceway. <laughs> and here we go. Pete Dunn's here. And a huge bruiser weight chant. Oh, but Joe Coffey there with a headbutt. Oh. Dunn responds with a big forearm. <laughs> 
He's got him up. Turns coffee inside out on the edge of the ring apron. And what a statement there. There's British Strong Style. Old Mark Coffee trying to hurt Tyler Bate. <laughs> now bait and switch. And now picking it up. Trent Seven. Holding Mark Coffee. Here comes Bate. Springboard clothesline. German suplex. One, two, two three. three. Mustache Mountain win there. And British Strong Style looking stronger than ever. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Absolutely brilliant. You know, the... <coughs> The quite rare appearance of Pete Dunne coming out, you know, to even the odds. It's certainly going to set up, um, you know, these six guys' future. Uh, Mustache Mountain definitely going to be in a tag team title match. Joe Coffey attempting to attack Pete Dunne after the match. and uh, Over him, and now here come Wolfgang and Mark Coffey, and they're beating down Mustache Mountain. And they're having a final say here after what was a great match. Well, British Strong Style may have won the battle, but it looks like Gallus are going to win the war. Yeah, they got their eyes on a long-term prize. And a huge British Strong Style chant. And Pete Dunn's back in. And a forearm, and he's got Joe Coffey. These two men brawling. Now Mark's trying to help his brother. Trent Seven's up, taking Wolfgang out. Bait with a heel kick to Joe. And then sent out by Pete Dunne. A British strong style stand tall to end the show. Greatest, greatest uh, faction ever. Mustache Mountain with Pete Dunne, British strong style. Hang on, Pete Dunne's got the mic. Right, you. I know you want a title shot, so I'm going to fucking give it to you, you slag. Now, he said, um, I know you want a shot at my title. Is he Indian? <laughs> I know you want a shot at my title. So I have been sent here from Raj Kapoor. No, he said, uh, I, I know you oh, want to... wait a minute. And they're all starting off again. All f- six men rolling. How's it going to end? This ends mentally. Yes, uh, Pete Dunn did get on the mic after and he said, look, Joe, I know you want a shot on my title. I've spoken to Johnny Saint in the back and it is official at NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, the first... You get a shot at my title. So, yeah, it's going to be Pete Dunn versus Joe Coffey at TakeOver. Well, we've got one episode left now before we end here. And don't forget, tomorrow we'll be back for NXT TakeOver. Uh, Pre-show will start 90 minutes before the TakeOver event. We'll bring you two of the episodes that are going to be uh, the two more episodes tomorrow as well. But on to episode 22, which is the 2nd of January 2019. Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis had another go at each other as the latest round of NXT UK had implications for TakeOver Blackpool. We get an in-memory graphic for Mean Gene and we're in Liverpool as Nigel McGuinness and Vic Joseph are on commentary and address us from the green screen. There's a contract signed tonight which is bound to be civil, Dan. Indeed, yes. They recap what happened with Tony Storm. Yes, they with Tony Storm saving Deanna Pruzzo two weeks ago. The last week when Deanna challenged Tony for that takeover match. Yeah, and up next is Tony Storm versus Deanna Perazzo. Hit Storm 0. 1, 2, 3. Tony Storm, that's why she's going there. Yeah, and what a back and forth match that was for the women. And Deanna Perazzo showing she definitely belongs. But i got to admit, Dan, Tony Storm has impressed me here tonight. And I think it's going to be a great match for her and Ray. Walks on Tony Storm and the match cut tonight and at TakeOver. 
Indeed, well, you know, the match tonight, Diana Pruzzo is certainly a good challenger. She's kind of been a step up from the hit and miss we've seen recently on NXT UK. Yeah, you know, there's only a couple of uh, women in this division so far that kind of deserve shots at the NXT UK uh, Women's UK Championship and, you know, Tony Storm, definitely. Even though neither of them are English. Yeah. Well, but then again, you know, it, it's, it's still interesting. I think Storm is a bigger style than Ray Ripley, but we'll see what happens at NXT UK. Ray Ripley comes out at the end of the match. Rather than a stare down, she gets on the apron and waves her belt in Storm's face. There's a bit of build-up for you. Well, Radzi is backstage with David and Gareth from the NXT UK office. Sid Scala does the talking this time. As he tells us that next week we'll see Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews versus Zach Gibson and James Drake to decide who faces Mustache Mountain at TakeOver. And Josh Morrell versus Wild Boar, unlike a few shows ago, Morrell actually makes it to the ring for his match. Well, Morrell's thrown around the ring by Boar early, who went to work on his arm only for Morrell to flip free and get stuffed when he went for a wheelbarrow. Boar responds with a back sent on onto him for a near fall. Before he begins to pull away at Moral using a pair of nerve holes, what? Before he began to pull away at Moral using a pair of nerve, hole, nerve holes to keep him grounded. Eventually, Moral gets free and lands a stand and flips end for a near fall and ball before taking him into the corner for an uppercut. The second one misses, so he goes for a springboard sunset flip, only for Ball to kick out uh-huh. and take him to the opposite corner for a f- from there. Cannibal squashes Moral. Before a frog splash of ball gets the win. A competitive squash, but a squash nonetheless. Well, Joseph Connors has another bitter promo about how he's no longer the shiny new toy in NXT UK. Backstage, Travis Banks has a selfie promo and he says everything he does, he does for New Zealand. He pretty much says, I love my country as much as I love yours. Before we get cut to Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel berating Siskala for not being in the NXT UK Tag Team Tournament. Well, there's more than a hint of nervousness in Scala's voice as he's as he threatens to banish Barcel and Eichner if they get involved in Andrews and Webster's match next week. Where to? Well, Dave Mastiff versus Eddie Dennis is next. We've got a shaky cam back for Dave Mastiff's entrance as we get a rematch from two months ago. Well, just the four weeks given the double headers. Well, Eddie charges into Mastiff early on, whipping Big Dave into the Liz. He tries to wear down the bomber. Boots follow in the corner as Eddie ends up charging into an elbow as Mastiff hit back, landing some uppercuts before attempting at a German suplex have ended with Eddie scrambling into the ropes. After hitting the ropes, Eddie runs into a drop kick as Mastiff gets a near fall, following up with a series of Danielson elbows to the head as Eddie scrambled to the outside. Mastiff's trying to follow him, but he's caught off the apron as Eddie looks a seven-bridge crucifix bomb to the floor, only for Mastiff to escape and land a Finley roll on the outside. Four reasons Mastiff charges at Eddie who moves as the bomber ran into the ring steps with both men then having to beat the referee's count back and forth forearms follow as they fall from their knees and we have a hideous finish as the pair exchange forearms until they shove away the ref as he tried to separate them instant double DQ and they fight to the back it's such an awful finish I'm tempted dub but this was quite a good big lads match before the finish well, Sid Scaller and referees are out until Headmaster Johnny Saint gets his mic. He books Eddie versus Dave for TakeOver Blackpool in a no-DQ match, you know, because his referee was ultra strict. 
We see recaps from last week. It's Joe Coffey and Pete Dunn got into it during and after the main event. And next week, it's British Strong Style versus Gallus days before TakeOver Blackpool. So we'll bring you that on the live show, which would be brilliant. Our main event segment is straight out of Raw. It's the contract signing for the NXT UK title match in Blackpool. Sid Scala does the talking because they don't trust Johnny Saint. As out comes Joe Coffey in his winter coat. Pete Dunn follows in his fancier suit jacket which was quickly followed by a jealous side-eye from Coffee. Well, Coffee started talking and Pete looked bored by it. Well, Joe orders Sid and Johnny away as he wants a moment with Pete Dunn, who uh, misses, during which he asks why Dunn is still the NXT UK champion, to which he says, it's because I've not been here. Kofi says that everyone else is just a pawn king who will claim his throne in Blackpool. Well, Coffee signs the contract before Pete snatches his hand his signature and snaps the fingers away. Dunn pulls a pen out of his own pocket and signs a contract. Cue the riff, and we're done. Yeah, we're done. Except Gallus appear on the stage to distract Dunn, and Joe attacking Pete Dunn from behind, thanks to the distraction of Mark and Wolfgang, and now the table's set up, and this might not be good for Pete Dunn. Powerbomb's done through the table. And he stares over Pete Dunn, and you wonder if this is going to be the scene... Come take over Blackpool with Pete Dunn down. Joe Coffey's down as NXT UK champion. What a statement and what a couple of weeks. What a, I mean, this catch-up of NXT UK, I mean, Joe Coffey has been the star of this one. Beating, you know, Liguero, beating uh, Travis Banks, defeating Trent Seven. And now he's just put Pete Dunn through a table. Man, who's a monster and he's in big trouble. Well, that is it. This episode was brief, wait minutes. It was more about putting solid build for Blackpool with a women's title match set in stone while we were given storyline reasons for Eddie Dennis and Dave Mastiff's big match. Well, easily the better of the two shows this week, but we're going to need some crackers next week if TakeOver Blackpool is to get any hype for reasons other than it's the first one. So that is it. We've watched 10 episodes. Dan, what are your thoughts on everything you've seen for NXT UK? I've thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, being up a worthy challenger to uh, Pete Dunne's championship. We've seen the kind of tournament take place for the uh, first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions. We've seen a bit of, you know, back and forth in the women's division. You know, rightly so, Tony Storm getting a shot at Ra Ripley. And, you know, even the Dave Mastiff versus Eddie Dennis match kind of, uh, you know, that kind of makes sense as well. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, it's, it's been good, hasn't it? You know, I've had a smile on my face. Uh, I've not been bored too often with it. Uh, and like I said, it's been solid build-up now to take over. And you kind of know, you know, the people are kind of working around. British Strong Style Gallus, obviously big talents for them. Uh, and we've seen a couple of, you know, a few other people. I've been impressed with Travis Banks this, this these past few shows. Uh, and it'd be interesting if they add another match to it to take over as well. But anyway... We'll move. We'll stop it here uh, because don't forget tomorrow we've got two NXT UK episodes on the live show. We are live for NXT Takeover tomorrow night. So the updated card then, Dan. Well, we've got a no DQ match between Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis. Yeah, and we've got the NXT Women's Championship online very Ripley versus Tony Storm. We've got a match to determine the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions, and that's Mustache Mountain. Versus Grizzled Young Vets. And in the NXT titles online, Pete Dunn versus Joe Coffey. So strong card after we've seen most of the build-up for it. That is quite a strong card. I could probably do with a, another match. But, 
you know, depending on, I suppose it's not going to be too long. It's probably going to be more like a NXT takeover event as opposed to a WWE pay-per-view. So I'd rather see four or five matches and have them given plenty of time to, you know, tell a brilliant story. Yeah. I mean, if each of these matches are given half hour, then that's a two-hour show with everything else in between. I wouldn't be surprised if we did see something happening at the event as well. Uh, so that should be great for NXT TakeOver UK tomorrow. And after that, on Sunday, we've got the Rumble 1999. Yeah, I mean, what event is that? Uh, what event that is, Dan, you know? And then a week after, the WNR 199, which is the WNR for January. And then, and then, James. Then. And then, January the 25th, one you do not want to miss is the WNR. 200 and we are going live for it james has blown up a balloon yes we're going to be blowing up all in balloons when it comes to the wnr 200 and then january 26th nxt takeover phoenix live pre-show we are live once again at the end of january and james <laughs> for live shows that is not it because january the 27th rumble 2019 we are live yet again for the kickoff for everything in January. Tomorrow for NXT TakeOver in Blackpool and then the end of the month we have three episodes, three days, all live. WNR 200, NXT TakeOver and of course the Royal Rumble. What a month this will be but we're not finished that this weekend. This is just the start as well. Like I say, tomorrow NXT TakeOver, Blackpool and then Sunday the Royal Rumble 1999. But that's it for now. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you think about NXT UK or anything else that we've on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at Joe underscore Roland across all the Google platforms. WWE Network Review on Google+. Plus. Send us an email at WRPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. We've got clips on there. Podcasts go up at the same time on YouTube. They do our places. Like SoundCloud. On your phone. We'll speaker radio. We've got a live shows coming up tomorrow. Stitch Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. Uh, that is it. Just like I say, shout out to Diddley on SoundCloud and now he's on Twitter as well. So if you follow us, then follow him. Help us out. He is our music maker. We're going to have a lot more stuff. He's done a new theme and we'll be doing a lot more music throughout the year. That's it for now. Like, I have been James Rowlands and as always, I was joined by... Dan, the prediction King White. Yeah, it changes tomorrow. But till then, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.